92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Hey, what's up, everyone? And welcome back to Views from the High Ground, episode four. Really, it's just episode two of this podcast because we didn't get to do it for episodes one and two but this is for episode four of obi-wan kenobi uh with me as always is molly uh whatever how are you whatever i asked you you how you were earlier today well last (laughs) time i asked you how you were and you gave me sass so (laughs) well yeah i'm feeling sassy today that's how i am uh i'm good how are you i'm good i'm tired been uh working that's true i had a nap so i feel yeah. great <laughs> uh well i've been working straight through the day because uh we're gonna go on a road trip tomorrow so we can go down to gcx so that we can be on the star wars and scotch podcast with kevin and tim hey Hi. you two Hi. <laughs> how, did, how did we get here kevin wow. <laughs> i don't know here we are tim wow <laughs> So great to have you. And Thanks we'll for just having use us. this as a, a warm up for Saturday. This is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the precursor to a, a much bigger and a more awesome. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but Mark and Sawyerism will be there. That'll be literally the only difference. You're just going to get a bunch of nerds talking about Star Wars. Yeah, Mark Thompson and Sawyerism will be joining mm-hmm. us on the panel. And I, I was mad at myself. I cracked open a beer for this stream and immediately was like, <laughs> I've gotten scotch. What's wrong with me? <laughs> We'll but save it for we'll for Sunday. Yeah. Save it. I'm, I'm just drinking water right now, Alex. You're fine. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. We don't want to completely steal their their whole thing. Yeah. Their podcast. So. Yeah. This is Star Wars and beer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> completely different. Completely different. Yeah. So wild! Well, a bunch of podcasts just show up and they're just drinking a bunch of random things. Star Wars and Kool Aid today. Yeah. Does Tim? Does this make us the alcoholics of the Star yeah, Wars community? Really, I think so. <laughs> That's where we're at right now. Kevin. That's a bad if, precedent to send. If Spotchka were real, I would have it all the time. I'm sure. Mm, I agree. Well, how are both of you doing? I'm a little stressed, but I'm good. <laughs> it's not like you have some big thing coming up this week. No, okay. no, no. Yeah, no. Actually, things are shaping up good. Um, we're actually on pace all of a sudden to have almost as many people there as we had in 2019, which is exciting. So, uh, should be a full house, good time. We do have more space, but yeah, we're. We're excited. Things are good. Nice. And I've just been streaming away. I, I, I started playing Star Citizen, which has been an absolute blast. I had no idea this game was essentially as close as I get to be playing like the Star Wars game, which is great. They even have an X-Wing in there. So I've been having a great time. I, I, I've heard a little bit about that game, mostly from my friends who fight about it. Is uh, that the yeah. game that they funnel money into? Like it's the Kickstarter job? game. Yeah, they, yeah, they've yeah. raised like $500 million and the game isn't done yet. Yeah, so we have some friends who are really into it, and we have, like, one friend who's convinced it's all a scam, and I just Mm -hmm. sit and I watch them bicker. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I think they're both right. (laughs) It's fine. Excellent. It's a good time. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Well, we're here to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi, so let's do that. 
Uh, Tim, yeah. how are you enjoying the the series so far? Man, I'm I'm loving it, and it's it's been a weird kind of thing because I feel like we're getting we're getting the feedback from both sides of the fandom. Like I, I hear the people like I love it, and then I get the people like this isn't the Obi Wan that I want. So like it's been kind of been dealing with that a little bit. But for me personally, I think what they've done with Obi-Wan, and I, I, I said this this morning, I said, I love Broken Ben so much. I think Broken Ben Kadomi is, excuse me, is is probably the coolest character for me right now because it they've done such a great job of touching on mental health and showcasing just like depression and anxiety and PTSD and like all these things that are so real and that we can all really relate to to a certain degree. Um, To see this man who's been like, you know, who was a general, you know, who is a, a Jedi Knight and master and then now is just this shell um, and seeing him fight and claw his way back has just been really a cool and I, a cool experience. And I had no idea that I needed little Leia in my life. But oh, my gosh, right? she is show, she's right? so spunky and she's fun. And I love her. I think she's great. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I like that you bring up. Counts. I like that you bring up the mental health stuff because one of the quotes that I wrote down was uh, from Tala when she says, your body isn't the only thing that needs to heal. Yep. I was like, preach girl. Yep. <laughs> Tell them. Tell yeah. them like it is. And and you could see that too because I mean like even just the, the idea of just moving just the smallest of objects with the force should be nothing to him. He should do that effortlessly. And for him to just like sit there and struggle, it was like it was so cool to see him like essentially piecing back the the puzzle that is his connection to the force, which is which is really yeah. cool. So this this whole adventure has been phenomenal, and it was kind of frustrating. I, I I try not to open up Twitter on Wednesday mornings, but of course I opened up Twitter before I went to the gym, and I saw a comment that was like, "This is lackluster compared to last one." I was like, mm, "Are they right?" Because a lot of people, even like the last episode, the Vader toying with Obi Wan, like everyone thought that was like, "Why did you just kill Obi Wan? He could have done this." Like, that's not the point. You know, I feel like I feel like that for me, the most frustrating part with this is that people are missing a lot of the messaging that's there. And they're kind of just looking at all the big set pieces. So the only yeah. frustration I've really been having. But for me personally, love it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like the whole, you know, why, why didn't Vader just he could have killed Obi-Wan? Why didn't he? It's like, well, he had his reasons. And it's it's the same old question of like, why didn't the fellowship just take the eagles? To <laughs> yeah, <Mordor? laughs> that's not the story. Like oh, the eagles. Uh, <laughs> that's it, it's not all about like doing the logical thing here every single time in a row. It's like, we have a story to tell. We're trying to like make you feel something. We're not trying to write a Wikipedia article. Yeah, exactly. Wait, is this, is the star Wars version of the Eagles uh, for the bad guys, the tracking device? Yeah. Oh, don't worry. We put a tracking device on it. Yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. It just shows up when you need it. <laughs> Kevin, how are you feeling about the series? I'm loving it. It's a it's a fresh take, uh, you know, like Tim and Molly touched on the mental health issues that they're addressing, I feel like are important uh, for messaging in society today. But also, you know, it's something that we never really addressed in Star Wars, and it really makes sense for for Obi-Wan's character. So I'm enjoying the journey. Um, Tim and I often on our show are talking about we still need to get to the Obi-Wan. We, we meet in Rebels that defeats Maul, that has this sense of peace about him. And the, the Obi-Wan we know uh, that, that obviously mentors Luke briefly, um, that has that piece and, you know, knows he has to sacrifice himself for, for something bigger. So I'm interested to see how they round that out, whether it is a second season, which is the big rumor, or if we'll see some some closure on that in the next two weeks. I don't know, but I'm really enjoying that. And I'm very curious how we're going to get to the Obi-Wan we know from, from other material. I, I think we're on pace to mm-hmm. have him be back by episode six. I think episode four uh, actually did a lot to get him there. 
uh, after the back to tank and he, he healed physically and a little bit mentally, not fully. Um, but people, I saw people complaining about the scene with Roken and how he was like, I'm not going to help you. And then literally like a minute later, he's like, yeah. ah, I'll help you. And I understand that it was a quick turnaround. Like I had the exact same reaction. I was like, Oh, that was fast. But <laughs> I, I think it was more to show that Obi-Wan is now the one being like, Hey, let's go. We got to save Leia yeah. where in part one, he had Bail Organa being like, Hey, come on, let's go. We got to save Leia. And he was the resistant one. So we're seeing him become more and more heroic. And I, I think that's what that moment was about. Yep. Um, to Tim, to go off what you said about uh, broken Ben, I also really love that they took his, his fake name and used that as a jumping off point of, of just a false identity for him. Yeah. Every time he goes like, Oh, it's been these days. It's not Obi-Wan anymore. And it, like, he, he really is burying who he is. He's burying that Jedi. Yeah. And I love that. I, th I think what they're, what they're really doing is they're really trying to hit homes for when, when Luke meets him in episode four, the whole like Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan, like he's like really starting like, Oh, that's right. That's me. I'm that guy. And so like a lot, a lot of what they're doing, a lot of these, like you'll catch it. You, you'll catch a little bit here, a little whiff of it there. And it's just like, Oh, this is all building up to that. Like to Kevin saying, you know, like that, that Ben Kenobi that we meet in episode four. And it's just like, I really like how they're just kind of just, just laying those little pieces there for when he does finally recognize it. Oh yes, I am that general. I am the Jedi master that I used to be, which is so yeah. cool. It's all about like finding that identity. Mm-hmm. It's so on the nose, but I loved the scene where he had to dig up his past and dig up the lightsabers. Yeah, literally. What's up with Jedi burying their lightsabers? Why are they all putting them in the sand? It's so it's so dirty. Like it's gonna get everywhere. Why do they do that? Tatooine is riddled with lightsabers. Yeah. You can dig anywhere and find a lightsaber. You just see Obi Wan out there with like a metal detector. Like, oh boy, I forgot again where. That's a great point. This. How did he know the exact point in the desert where he left his? Where he, left yeah, he his like lightsaber. he like moved the sand over. Like this is it. I'm like that looks like everywhere else around you. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, well, we we've been having people starting with the book of Boba Fett. We had people draw their favorite scenes from the episode. Uh, I uh, just based on context clues, I feel like Tim and Kevin and I may have all drawn the same thing. Uh, so why don't Molly, why don't you start? And then okay. uh, Tim and Kevin and I can talk about our favorite scene. Okay. Um, this is probably my worst drawing to date of all the ones that I've done. Uh, Cause I was in a rush, but my favorite part of this episode was the staring contest between so <laughs> Reva, <laughs> between Reva and Leia, because I was like, I I just love <laughs> every line that comes out of Leia's mouth and how sassy she is. So when she was literally, her mind was literally being picked over by Reva using the Force. She was like, "Are we are we doing a staring contest? Is that what's <laughs> happening?" <laughs> that, I was it. nervous about that because. Reva recognizes that she's strong, but I was like, does she recognize that she is strong in the force? Kevin and I mm. talked about that too. I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out the same thing. So what came to my mind, Alex, is that she doesn't know it, but she is essentially like dampening the force around her. She's essentially doing what the emperor was able to do. This idea, like, I don't think Reva can actually feel that she is connected to the force. She just like that, sure. that line of just like, you're strong. 
She didn't say you're strong with the force. She just said you're she strong. Said you're strong. Yeah. 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 And so it's like, I wonder if Leia is un unknowingly able to just like suppress that 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 energy that that everyone gives off to a certain degree. It just it seems really strange that no one else has figured out that she is force sensitive because you've seen what they do to every force sensitive person they find. They throw them they throw them in those weird amber chambers. Um, and so like I, there's a lot there that I th- I feel like there's to left to uncover with that scene. I think that's an interesting point that I hadn't considered when you look at books like Leia Princess of Alderaan or Ahsoka, uh, we see Bail Organa and he's kind of trying to suppress Leia's abilities in the force. He doesn't want her to know anything about that. Uh, She still uses it unknowingly, but that would be interesting if just instinctually she, she kept her force powers on the down low. Yeah, um, I mean, look yeah. at look at episode six where she was like, uh, "I I know." Well, it's like, well, how how would you be able to know that if you don't actually know how to use the force, you know? And like, so like we could we could argue because her metachlorian count is so high, she's just so that in tune with the force that she's just naturally able to do it without even realizing it. Mm. Well, and maybe it's like somehow she can block people from sensing that. Yeah, yeah. She's she's a great. Uh, actress in universe too we saw it with her and her mom and we saw it with her and reva her just like putting on this act temporarily uh and it's it's really interesting to to see her do that she also reads people really well yeah like i feel like when she asks uh reva how ben died how obi-wan died she's kind of like picking her brain a little bit she's like all right if i get her to tell me this story I can figure out if she's lying or not. Yeah. It it was definitely, I was a little worried that we were going to get a moment where she did give up information and then she kind of learns for a new hope that she's got to lie, but she like, not at all. She's always (laughs) been that way. I loved it. Yeah. That was, I, one of my favorite moments of the episode. And I, I originally was going to draw the meme of, uh, the, the woman yelling at the cat and Leia would be the cat. And Reva would be the woman yelling, but <laughs> Leia like says, "Just let me call my dad first After like stringing her that along, so and Re- Reva does this like <laughs> thing. Uh, I thought that was so funny. Mm-hmm. It was a great scene. And too, like that that scene's so cool when you think about everything Reva is saying. She's basically kind of talking to herself. If like if that was like her younger self, she's saying a lot of the same things that she probably heard yeah uh and i cannot wait to find out more about her past because we've kind of thrown around the idea that she was one of the younglings that we saw in the beginning and like she was taken from an early age and that's why she hates the jedi and so i can't wait to figure all that out for her real quick because i I always forget to mention this at the top but uh i see super chats coming in thank you so much we will answer all of them uh we're just gonna talk to our guests for another 15 20 minutes or so um but okay kevin let's let's see what we all drew and if we, <laughs> if it is indeed all the same thing tim can you pull mine up because i don't want the ipad to not focus that's why i sent it to you in discord oh i'm uh <laughs> yeah give you uh one second I'll pull it up for you yeah because uh, well, i get the full screen of my artistic magic sure <laughs> 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 yeah hold on this is really good i got yeah, it. yeah <laughs> this will be in the this should be in the louvre i'm just pointing putting that out there <laughs> can i ask you two a question 
Yeah. The young lad. All right, let's. That's oh. yeah. <laughs> we'll do that first. <laughs> I think we drew the same thing. Yeah. Okay. I'm making it out here. I get yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> he looks kind of like a Wookiee. Yeah. yeah a little like, bit. Yeah. My problem was I started with a brown that that uh, I didn't think about his hair first, and then that was the, all, the only other brown I could find on the fly, so we just went with that. Yeah, it looks like a ghillie suit. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. We're, we're getting perspective down the hallway. Yeah, there's some angles there. It looks really good, Kevin. Yeah, the yeah, blaster. You even drew the door with the lasers. Mm-hmm. It's uh, just open to crack. Beyond, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> thank Honestly, you. Thank you. from a combat standpoint, that was pretty cool. And the stormtroopers are like wedging it open, and the purge troopers just like trying to get his blaster through the door to hit him. Like that was yeah. it was pretty intense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so I, I figured that we I, I drew something similar, and I figured that we were drawing the same thing because Kevin said I'm trying to draw a crack, and I was like, okay, he's either <laughs> drawing said, that or somehow it's Max Rebo. Um, <laughs> Max is <butt. laughs> uh, should have just drawn Max. <laughs> Tim, did you draw the same? I did. <laughs> from a tide perspective. <laughs> I love that his robe is see-through. Yeah, yeah it's, it's hot, it's, Tim. It's um, yeah, it's it's tool. Uh, it's so <laughs> he's, it's he's more like a shawl, nice. Molly. Yeah, he's, yeah it's, uh, it's, lightweight. Yeah, he's uh, it's his stealth uh, apparel. Uh, he brown chiffon. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Light his his kyber crystals going uh, just going haywire too. The, the lightsabers everywhere. <laughs> I'm really yeah, glad so. that uh, I I went with extra color. Molly was applauding me, and I was like, "Yeah, I had the blue lying around, and I would have felt inadequate." If uh, if I were the only one that just drew all in one color, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, the reason why I picked this scene is my favorite, and I actually I had texted Kevin right after I'd finished watching it. And I said I really love how they ripped that scene from Jedi Fallen Order and put it in Obi Wan, because because as soon as it, like Kevin and I were like, man, it, we've already when you watch the entire scene back, I was like, man, I feel like we've done this before. And Kevin was like, you'd think after five years ago when we did this, when he, when, when, when Kyle Kestis did this, you think they would have learned. I'm like, didn't he go through the same, like he went through the same port, I think even like up and through. And you know, it's like they didn't update the security protocols. Come on. Okay. So here, here we go. This is uh, my head cannon for this. Okay. Uh, Cal gets in on his own Uh, at that point in time. I, I think the Empire was like, this is a secret facility, even to most of the Empire. Like, no one knows this exists. There's yeah. no way anyone's even going to find it, much less break in. So Cal literally just swims up to a door, and it opens, and he's inside. Uh, Obi-Wan needed Tala on the mm-hmm. inside to go and open a door for him. So the Empire did update security. They did not update. <laughs> one guard here. Yeah. One guard. <laughs> they did not update the glass strength. They should nope. have done that as well. <laughs> Reinforced yeah. it. As soon Just as it cracked, I was like, he's force push out. that. He's force pushing it. It was so good. Oh, look at that. <laughs> we did, we did all draw good. the same thing. Oh, thank you so much. You yeah. did the even, beard, too. Yeah. E- I like even, how you even got the, the, his, his robe done correctly with that side cross. It's very good. <laughs> yeah. E- even on the whiteboard with dry erase markers, he still looks like Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't really get away with that. That means I drew it well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I may or may not have been one of those people that put Obi-Wan's picture up as Jesus in my mom's office for like two years before she figured it out. So <laughs> That's not the sacred heart. What is that? It's a lightsaber, mom. One of the, most, like impressive, one of the most impressive things about the, the whole like hallway scene, he did all of that with wet socks. 
<laughs> no one no one likes walking around with wet socks. Like you go to a theme park and you get your shoes wet. It sucks. If anything's going to unbalance me in the force, it's it's wet socks and jeans. Yeah. And he dried very quickly. Like he came out of there and his hair was just perfect. I was like, it's, what? No. That's how the force works, Kevin. It just dries you off. Yeah. <laughs> They, they like just have like spin. a dryer right yeah. next to it. Like this is where everyone breaks in. They might as well be comfortable. <laughs> the Empire is so nice. <laughs> but I really, really loved that scene. Uh, and even though it was very repetitive of Fallen Order, like I, I put on my Fallen Order shirt for it because yeah, just... I was just like so happy to see all this stuff. Uh, and not everyone's played the game. And I'm glad that people are kind of getting to experience it a little bit. Uh, for the first time hopefully they play the game now but just the the growth in between him on the ship trying to move one little object and he couldn't do that but then when leia's in danger he's holding back an entire ocean moon yeah uh to keep her safe and i said this in my review but uh it, it reminded me of a quote from light of the jedi where uh they talk about the jedi are at their most powerful when they're helping others yeah. And mm. that that's the focus yeah. is that he is he's trying to help. He's trying to be a Jedi again, and uh, he's incredibly strong. So I, I I think that episode four did a lot for his growth and his connection back with the force. Yeah. I Did anyone else think about the hall, the Vader's hallway scene while watching this? We, we just love a, a hallway fight scene in Star Wars, but it kind of mirrors Vader's hallway scene. But someone. Flipped. Someone put an image up of Vader, Ben, and Luke in their hallway scenes, and it just flows. Like, I kind of want to frame it and put it somewhere, because with the different mm -hmm. color variations of the lightsabers, it just re looks really nice. But it's it's that straight shot, and it's decorated by whatever setting they're in, and it's just it's a nice shot from a production standpoint. So It's also, like, it's a great way to, to showcase combat. You know, in, in Star Wars, like most of the time it's just like lasers and, and whatnot or like a really like up close like lightsaber fight. But like that, those those hallway scenes are just so exciting for me uh, because it's just it, you're jam packing all this action to this short little corridor. And so I even though it does feel a little repetitive that they keep on using hallways, it's just it feels right in Star Wars. It just it feels good. And so, yeah, I didn't honestly I didn't even like think about Vader or even Luke when he's when he in, in Mando like that was just for me. I was just like full Jedi fallen order at that point. I was like, this is excellent. Yeah. I'm the same way. Well, I'm trying to think of what was the first hallway scene, not in Star Wars, but like when this fixation began. I remember Daredevil I mean, the, being a the big first one. one in Star Wars is the first scene in A New Hope when. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're yeah, right. That's, yeah. a, that's the hallway. That's the OG hallway scene. <laughs> Star Wars starts in a hallway. <laughs> Thankfully, it doesn't end in a hallway, though. Well, we don't know that yet, Tim. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine? <laughs> Star Wars will never end. Uh, I saw something that I wanted to pull up uh, because Molly mentioned it. We, we've never seen Vader this angry in live action. And Molly was pointing oh. out that when he, he, uh, he stomps down that hallway. Yeah. Oh, the, the last scene with him, it, it like cuts quickly over to him just like stomping down that hallway. And I was like, yeah. oh, my God. Like, I got so excited. And when he's choking Reva, like right before he lets up a little bit to let her speak, 
his hand is like shaking. Mm -hmm. It's it's hard to see, but I was watching it for a second time and like we've never seen Vader his hand shake like that in live action. Yeah. We've never seen him do something like that. So I just get excited if uh, Vader does anything new. If yeah. there's anything that he does that we haven't seen before. So I was like, oh, yeah. Angry, I, super angry Vader. I said that this morning. I really like what they're doing with, with Anakin's story now. Like before... Uh, I told I said this to Kevin. I said, like, in episode four that, you know, they use the line of like, you know, he's off his leash or, you know, grab your dog. He's on his leash, um, you know. And so, like, the idea of Vader being the emperor's attack dog, like, OK, like that that worked for the, the original trilogy. But there's so much more to Anakin Skywalker. and There's so much more to Darth Vader. And and now we're really starting to get that, like that full circle of just like, you know, character development for this for Darth Vader. Um, like we're really starting to see like the comic books are really showcasing like who Vader is and all the turmoil and everything he's going through. And, and the show is doing a really good job of showcasing that as well. The back to tank scene of them going back and forth. That's that's really impactful. That's a, that's a, the, the idea of like this master and apprentice connection still being so strong, even after all of this turmoil and and all these things that they've gone through. You would have thought that connection would have broken when he when he became the emperor's apprentice. That's not the case. They're very much so still in tune, um, very much so like how uh, Anakin and Ahsoka were, even like when Vader's like flying by and they're doing the dogfighting, can feel Ahsoka. You know, it's that mm -hmm. same kind of bond. And so like, I love that he's just, he the, the line that Ben uses of like, he's more machine than he is man now. Well, like there really is a lot of man still there. And they're really giving him that, that room to just breathe and really showcase that he is a person. And so I really hope like, Seeing Hayden on stage and being so just like welcomed and and everyone was so excited to you know see him, I, I really really hope that they continue to really showcase him and, and allow him to really grow this character because there's so much more to Vader than than just being just this mindless attack dog. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm hoping that we see even more, uh, kind of like we got in Episode Three, just that that glimpse of Anakin as Obi Wan remembered him. Yeah, uh, out on the hill. Like I, I was kind of wondering if we were about to do the the whole book of Boba Fett. Like we're in back to tanks. Let's do a flashback. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, as they're connecting, I, I was wondering if we were gonna see something from them in the Clone Wars. How uh, we cool. still might, but uh, yeah, that that back to tanks back to tank scene was great, and like the idea that they just sensed each other in the Force for the first time in ten years, and now it's like they can't stop doing it. Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> I go back to what Luke says in episode six when he says, I know there's still good in him. Um, and I think we're all of the newer material is showing like, yeah, he's a monster. He does absolutely terrible things, as we've seen in this show. But we also see the glimpses of Anakin in there struggling. And, you know, that that small little light inside of him that eventually will come out. So I'm really enjoying them showing the turmoil because, uh, uh, you know, Obviously, the suit, he's in constant and perpetual pain, and the that's because the Emperor wanted it that way. Um, you know, when he has Obi-Wan, he says, your suffering has only began, begun. So we're seeing him do all these terrible things that we've heard about all this time, and we've seen in the comics and other places, but we do see the glimpses, just like we saw in Rebels when he fights Ahsoka, that one second where he's Anakin again, very briefly. And I'm excited to see, because I have a feeling before the end of the show, we'll see that with Obi-Wan and him in some way, shape, or form, which is why they keep showing the torment in the back of the tank. And he hesitates a lot with Obi-Wan, if you notice, too. And like you said, Molly, his hand is shaking in that scene. Because he's pro in that, it's probably more he's so angry that Obi-Wan got away that he's just 
he's losing it. So mm -hmm. we'll see. Yeah. Well, I like yeah. that you bring up uh, how the suit keeps him uncomfortable and angry. Cause the last episode I said, uh, of course he has a giant stone chair that he sits in. <laughs> it's the most uncomfortable looking throne I've ever seen. And he probably did that on purpose. Not a cushion in sight. <laughs> nope. No lumbar support. I, I keep going back to, and this is something a lot of people have wondered. There's the line in Return of the Jedi where Luke says, I, I know there's still good in you. And Vader replies, Obi-Wan once thought as you did. Yeah. And it's like, when? Because he didn't think <laughs> that in Revenge of the Sith. We didn't see that. Right. So I, I do think slash hope we're going to get something where Obi-Wan tries to reach out again. Um, where I'm, I'm wondering if maybe episode five will be kind of the the slower episode, the more contemplative episode where maybe uh, Obi-Wan thinks that that's a possibility somehow. And then six is the one where everything comes crashing together. And he's like, nope, never mind. Anakin's gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm still waiting for the Grand Inquisitor to show up again. Yeah, that's well. Like, there's I, there's a lot of questions still left to be answered for two episodes. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a, yeah, I mean, like we still know that there's a there's a, another lightsaber duel between Obi Wan and Vader. They said there's there's two, and we've had one really, so we've got at least one more. Um, and then yeah, there's, there's there's just a lot left, I think, to really develop and, and uncover in two episodes. So I, that's why, like, the more we talk about it, the more I really think that we really will get another season. Alex doesn't think so. I asked I, him that this I, morning. I, yeah, I just like there's like it just how how much can you pack into two episodes? Like the 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 whole idea of you know the line with Vader and and Ben on the Death Star. You know, the last time we met, I was just but the apprentice. You know, and now I am the master. Well, where where has that been really showcased? I don't really feel like he's really been able to dominate, like show dominance as like I am the master now. And you are just but an apprentice to me, you know, like I feel like that that still hasn't been established. Uh, there's still just there's still a, a few things that I'm just waiting for. of just been like, aha, there it is. OK, I understand. I just I haven't gotten that closure yet. So I'm, I'm really I feel like there's a lot of material left out there. Um, even like even like the scene, Molly, with with Reva, when she's getting like choked and, and lifted up over the table like that right there, I thought she was getting it like that. Yeah. Like that felt like a death scene to me. That felt like that should have been an execution. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, that's where it's just like, man, did they really like, did they save her character to, you know, to continue on for another season? I don't know. I, I do think they can finish it. I think if the last two episodes are decently long, because I remember waking up this morning and being like, ah, oh, 38 minutes. That yeah, means it's going to be like 30 minutes, maybe with all the credits and stuff. Yeah. Um, but they did a lot. They did a lot more than I thought that they would. So I think that they can finish it. I don't know. I'm not a fan right now of the idea that they do another season just because it, it, it was supposed to be a movie and then they stretched it into six episodes and I'm like, okay. And then if they're like, actually we're going to stretch it into 12 episodes and like expand upon it. I'm kind of like, all right, you had this one story you wanted to tell and now it feels like you're just stretching it for the sake of it, but we'll see. What if, what if the third act of this story is a movie like they do a series leading up to oh. a big two hour event episode slash movie. That would make put sense. in theaters. Oh, that would be dope. Dude. <laughs> that would be so awesome. Star Wars in theaters again. Yes, please. Yes. 
Yeah, I, I'm more into that. I mean, it's kind of like what Stranger Things season four, the last episode is supposed to be two and a half hours long. So yeah, it's not movie. outside the realm of possibility. But yeah, yeah, I, I just don't want them to stretch the story for the sake of it, I guess. Yeah, that's how I kind of felt with Book of Boba Fett, too. Like I felt like that was kind of like stretched to f- like fan service to a certain degree. Um, you know, and, and there's still rumors that, you know, we're going to get another season of that And in the way they ended it. It definitely feels like, you know, Boba Fett and his gang of merry men are ready to go get into some, <laughs> you know, some shenanigans. So say yes to new ideas, ideas for the new bedroom, ideas for the outdoor patio, ideas for the home theater or ideas for upgrading your kitchen at the 2023 St. George area parade of homes. Fresh and new ideas are the foundation of Utah's largest parade and you'll find thousands of them across all 30 homes this year. The 2023 St. George area parade of homes is just around the corner February 17th through 26th with 30 new homes that will have you saying yes. Get your tickets online today at paradehomes.com. Yeah. And yeah. uh, what's his name? Black Chrysanthemum is just like goofy eating a melon. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that's another person friends. that we know that shows up in um, in the journals of Obi Wan. Chrysanthemum comes and attacks. Uh, I'm totally brain farting. Um, Luke's the, uncle. The Lars. Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Oh, he, he attacks Owen. Oh my gosh. I was like, um, yeah. So we know, like, we know that that happens, and they just introduced that character in Book of Boba Fett for live action. So like. I feel like that's a great time to showcase him because Obi-Wan gives him the scar on his eye. You know, like I would love to, I would love to see that. I would love to see a, a combat with a, a big badass Wookiee and, and Obi-Wan. Sure. Yeah. Any anytime we can get him back, I I'm down. I think yeah, I love Kersantan. Um I, I think part of me is just kind of I'm enjoying Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, but I'm also ready for them to do stuff like Andor and stuff yes. like the acolyte where, and I think once those start coming out, I'm going to feel that balance a little more. Sure. But yeah. so far, you know, we've had so many stories with the sequel trilogy and yeah. with Boba Fett and now Obi-Wan with like all of these characters we've had headcanon about for so long and it comes with a lot of baggage. And then, sure. then it's like, I have to watch the episode twice so that I can get rid of my expectations and then actually watch it. Uh, whereas something like the Mandalorian is actually a pretty good example of, you know, new character, no baggage there. Occasionally he bumps into someone familiar, um, but it's just a lot easier to go along for the ride and not have to reconcile what was in my head already. <laughs> yeah. Or even just trying to like connect the dots. That's, that is a, a, a whole job in of itself, trying to make sure that you are in a good place when you're even just talking about it. It's yeah. confusing. You're right. There's a yeah. lot of baggage there. It's a lot. And I'm I'm ready to just meet like Cassian Andor. We've known him for six years. Like, tell me whatever you want about him. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'll just have fun watching. Mm-hmm. I'm just excited to see. They're really they've been planting the seeds for years now of how the rebellion was formed. Yeah. And I want to see it more in action. I want to see it more in play. And Andor that trailer hit on all of that. Like, that's your yeah. James Bond Mission Impossible in Star Wars. So I'm excited for that. But I, I, I want to see High Republic and Old Republic come to life outside the video games, outside the books, because there's so many interesting characters that we can tell stories of. And there was a rumor today that for uh, Acolyte, it's going to canonize a ton of the old school Old Republic Sith Lords, which I was very excited about. So I heard hopefully about that. that's and true. Yeah, a lot of them are already like they they've, they've been named in like yeah. reference books and stuff. 
but it would be cool to have them in holocrons or something that if this mm -hmm. is a Sith acolyte and they're learning from Darth Revan and Darth Nihilus and just like, why not pull them all in? Let's go nuts. <laughs> if the acolyte's going to go to Korriban, which is what that rumor basically said, like you Ooh. can't not introduce all of these Sith that we've known now for God, 20 something years from when Coder first came out. Yeah. Basically yeah. do that scene in KOTOR where you go to all the tombs. Yeah, where you go down to the tombs. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, I, I just downloaded uh, Night's Hour Republic 2 this morning on my Switch for uh, for next week when I'm off from work. And I'm going to beat it for the 10th or 11th time because whatever. It's, it's such yeah, a good game. it's on a game. new platform. Why not? Why and not? they added like a, a, the, the patch that you had to download that had all the content that they cut that there was oh, dialogue for. Yep. Yeah. Oh. So and they fixed some bugs apparently, too. So cool. Nice. That's All right. Cool. Uh, now, I'm seeing people talk about, is it Korriban or Moraband? It's both. <laughs> Depends it's on both. where you're at in the universe, I guess, or the star system. Yep. Uh, George Lucas did rename it for the Clone Wars, but uh, they they said at some point that Korriban was like an ancient term for it, too. So <laughs> both are correct. Yeah. Uh, but let's let's dive into some questions from chat, uh, starting with J-Bell. Thank you so much for your super chat. Uh, it says, episode three had a Vader and Kenobi duel. Episode four had Leia being rescued from an Imperial base and a tracker on her escape ship. <laughs> so in episode five, will we get a hero? Will the hero base get stormed and an old Jedi mentor return? I, I have seen people drawing those parallels between every part uh, and they do have uh, some, some strong connections back to the originals. And I, I saw someone yeah. do... Yeah, like episode, part one and episode one have Tatooine. Uh, part two, episode two have uh, like the Coruscant underworld and Dayu. They're kind of similar. Uh, this is something I hadn't seen people talking about, but. I mean, they all yeah. have, all the episodes have a ton of callbacks to very a ton of the that. movies. Because mm -hmm. this yeah. episode had Obi-Wan. I got very excited when we saw Obi-Wan using the A99 Aquata Breather because I always thought that would be <laughs> so cool one. to have. And that was episode one, but we got so many callbacks to A New Hope too. Oh, the, the, scene, the scene where Obi Wan opens the door and Leia's there on the on the bed was it, it was episode four and Luke saved her from the Death Star. Like that was almost one for one. It was fantastic. I had the biggest smile on my face. And Obi Wan yeah. also did his little spin with his lightsaber in this episode too. I forget yeah. which one that's from, but yeah, that was a callback. You've got mm -hmm. Obi Wan using the Force to distract stormtroopers while he's sneaking around an Imperial base. You've got the comm link that shot where uh, Tala had same, to like same shot. Yeah, C three PO with the yeah. Yeah. actor. Uh, that there were a ton of callbacks to episode four. So yeah, you might, these people might be onto something that every part is going to connect back somehow to one of the six major episodes of Obi-Wan's life. Mm. Yeah. Also, I, I loved when, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, can people put their comm links on mute or have an AirPod <laughs> or something? Cause that got everyone into trouble. Well, <laughs> She's also, she must be the world's best whisperer as well because she's talking to Obi-Wan and there's like four officers on the bridge with her. So props to her for being able the to one keep guy, her voice that low. The one guy kept looking at her. He was like, what are you doing? She's like, don't worry about it. Obi-Wan, he's, he's over there. <laughs> she's just vlogging. <laughs> no, that, that other officer had also broken in. So he was on his own mission. I like that. <laughs> Thus going back the to the... The security <laughs> protocols again. There's Come on. So many rebels in there. It's ridiculous. 
I, I saw <laughs> someone make the joke that they need to have like one of those boards up at the Fortress Inquisitorius. Like it's been zero <laughs> days since a rebel break in. No. Reset the counter. It's the oh. least secure thing in the Empire. Did you guys notice all of the lightsabers in that room where Tala was sitting, where she came with the the third sister came in? Did you see all yeah. those lightsabers around? Yeah. That was eerie to me. I just like that just popped in my head. But that was like it was off-putting almost because that was just so many Jedi. Also, yeah. is the little boy with the helmet in the amber-esque subs subs whatever that is, is that Master Skywalker, whatever shall we do, kid? Because it looked a lot like him. I don't so, think so. I looked and compared them visually to okay. like the, the first ones that we saw, not not to that kid, but to the first ones that we saw in episode one. And I, I don't know, it. the kid in the tank thing looked like an alien spe species. It looked like he had like little things uh, on his okay. head right here. I could be wrong, but in the credits, it is credited as the same kid, but they they're just credited as youngling. Yeah. Huh. I mean, so. like, so that would play into what we're trying to figure out with Reva. If she's like, if was she one of the the children of that original group that witnessed uh, Order sixty six? And so, yeah. you know, potentially that could have been a friend. You know, it could have been anybody that. But I think there is a direct tie between that child that's encased and whatever that is, and her. And then the first episode, I would definitely have to agree with you. Yeah, it's well, I it's think this is scary a, a, that they have the lightsabers as trophies. It's even more dark that they have the actual yeah, Jedi as, yeah. as trophies. And it's not carbonite. It's a completely different substance. Have we ever seen this before? Because I none of it none of that looked familiar to me. And Kevin and I are kind of speculating as to what it is and what purpose it serves to encase those because they don't look dead they look frozen in time right they, they look like they're still preserved or alive they're suspended in in some type of in substance and and i i have some type of uh, i'm leaning towards the idea of they're, they're being harvested for their mm -hmm. powers that is that's where i'm at right now with that. their powers tim or something else <sighs> they're harvesting their metachlorians <laughs> i love doing that in this <laughs> I, oh, I just I, I have do to want say to I out. hate midichlorians. Just so <laughs> I hate that. It's fine, but they exist. I know. I know they exist. I, just, I know. <laughs> uh, while we're talking about uh, the amber, uh, we did have a few super chats about it. So I, I, th I think this is a good time to just talk about the amber and all the Jedi down there. Excellent. Um, James Clancy, thank you, said Coleman Cadge and Tara Sanube will be missed. They definitely won't be missed by the Empire because they can look at them whenever they want. <laughs> uh, also, I doubt Quinlan Voss appears in this show now. Same. Uh, yeah, I, I think that if it were going to happen, it would have happened today. I was telling Tim this morning that if you wanted to bring Quinlan or, or Cal in especially, today was the day where they're like, we don't know how to get in there. It's like, I, yeah. I know someone who did it five years ago. You might want to get in touch with him. No? Exactly, All right, he's not showing up. I got to uh, pull this what's picture his name off says. Of What's his name says? Uh, no one would be stupid enough to go in there. And in Alex's <laughs> review, he's like, Cal, Cal is stupid I, enough. I did it uh, as Cal. Yeah. It's like, so I thought for a second that they were going to I do did it, too. that they were going to bring him in. Like, we know someone who can help. But when they said, no one's stupid enough to do that, uh, <laughs> that's the exact. That's perfect. Ollie's face Excuse is me. great. Your face is like, uh uh. Uh -uh. <laughs> Cal Kestis is good. stupid enough. <laughs> uh, Sean so Room 
also, thank you for your super chat. It says, Tara Sanube, do we recognize any of the others? Um, I do think that James Clancy is correct. Coleman Cadge uh, looked like the the Ogresian that was on the hall to the right in that wide shot. Mm-hmm. That Those are the only two that I think I recognized. I, yeah, I, I, I really feel like I need to go back and look. Figure out like who, who the other people were, but... I get a, a strange suspicion that one of those uh, women is Roken's wife. Yeah, oh, I agree. Interesting. And like, I don't like Alex mentioned, we might see a picture of her and Obi-Wan might recognize her and be like, oh, no, I saw <laughs> that person. So because they, they like did a bunch of close ups on all the, the people in there. And I was just yeah. like, hmm, that well, would we... be a way to tie Roken into all mm. of this. And we were talking earlier today that, you know, I'm I'm assuming they're all dead. I think that's what they are implying. Um, but we don't know what that yellow stuff is. They could all be just trapped in stasis. We've seen in Star Wars Rebels that they used Luminara on Dooley's dead body as like bait. So th- they could be keeping them for that reason. But we were also like, what What if they are all alive? Like you said, Tim, just they're frozen in time. And I'm kind of doubtful that they're going to go back to the fortress anytime soon since we were just there. But it, it could be like a cabin in the woods style situation where someone goes, hits the purge button, and all the <laughs> Jedi are released. And they're <laughs> oh, like, let's, no. let's burn this place down. Yeah. <laughs> I would love that if we got live action Terrace Nube. <laughs> I I could die happy after that with his cane lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> there was um Evan and I were were talking about uh Jedi Fallen Order, uh the Jedi Survivor now, the second one coming up, and, and if this plays into any of that at all, you know, the idea that potentially, you know, you know, Star Killer it could could be, you know, the, the bad guy. Uh, could be the antagonist for this, and could this play into it? Could the idea of of cloning again? We have Doctor Pershing in 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 Mandalorian. We know that the we see the cloning facility from from Legends at the end of Bad Batch, right? Like we know that cloning and the idea of you know can a clone actually use the Force? Well, I mean, like we we know that they can. They can hold an essence of some sort. The Emperor does it with clones. You know, he possesses you know, those bodies and. And whatnot. So, like this idea of you know cloning and creating these these weapons, if you will, from you know other sources. It's that's that's kind of like where my head is going. And Kevin and I have like discussed that a little bit today. Of just like you know, what if this is all you know? Again, this beautiful story that's being painted out for us. If you you could start from episode one and then watch all these shows and play all these games, and it all just like beautifully links up in this really cool timeline. And uh, potentially, this is how because we know that. That Jedi Survivor is five years after Fallen Order, which would then put you at this time. Essentially, it puts you around the same time. So what if whatever we just saw, and then we get the aha moment in Survivor? I certainly think that's possible, especially knowing how long Obi-Wan Kenobi has been in development as a movie and then a series, and then they rewrote it. It's like, I think a lot of these ideas have been swirling around. So Survivor Mm -hmm. probably could have been like, all right, we know this is coming. Yeah. So we we know how to connect to it. Yeah. Yeah. I could see a crossover of a lot of characters. Like I, I keep saying how much I love Tala in this. Uh, she could be in the game. Yeah. Broken could be in the game. There, there could be a lot of crossover characters. Quinlan might be in the game. We know yeah. he's alive now. Yeah. 
I- any Jedi survivor should yeah. show yeah. up. Like that's the <laughs> that's the I li- theme. <laughs> I like that they're also making sure that we know that there are a lot of Jedi still left alive because you know the original trilogy was very much like Jedi are all dead, mm-hmm. and now we're learning like there's. I, for me, I'm learning there's way more alive than I thought there were, which makes sense. The galaxy's humongous, so they would be able to hide. But, um, you know, and that's the whole point of the Inquisitor program. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I, I feel like e- even if Order 66 and the Inquisitors were 99% effective uh, and they killed 99% of the Jedi, there's still uh, 100 running around. Mm-hmm. Like, no problem. I think the other, like, the the differentiating thing here, too, is that the Inquisitors aren't just looking for Jedi. They're looking for Force-sensitive people. And I think they're really trying to, like, bring that home. Like, the writers of Star Wars as a whole are are trying to showcase that it's not just, like, Jedi and Sith, right? There's so much more to it than that. Like, there's, like, the Force is so much more than just yin and yang. Like, there's there's so many different ways to tap into it and be a part of it. Um, and so, like, I think that's another thing, too, is that they're really trying to show that it's not just that, you know, you can have all these people that aren't Jedi that don't align themselves with the Jedi Order that can still be as strong or as powerful as any of them. Yeah. So I would love to see them expand on that more. And, yeah. and Molly and I were talking about this earlier today, that even if Survivor doesn't connect to this, Fallen Order kind of does already because I love the idea that Cal went in, he broke into the fortress, he stole that holocron back, destroyed it. So now the Empire doesn't have access to that list of force sensitive children. And now that maybe allows for the path to begin. Yeah. And if he didn't destroy that holocron, if he didn't get it back, then the Inquisitors probably would have been snatching up kids left and right. But now they mm-hmm. have a chance to, he at least bought them time. Yeah. And yeah. It doesn't seem like Cal is involved in the path right now, but he inadvertently may have helped start it. Yeah. I hope he's figuring out what Zephos are because I'm he needs to Me get to too. Work. <laughs> he needs to get to work because I started I did a, I did a playthrough of Fallen Order again and I'm like, there's so much here and we need to know what this is. Yeah. I'm very frustrated. They, they're how would you miss these things? They're massive. Why, <laughs> why have we not heard about them before? Very frustrating for me. Yeah. <laughs> there's so many like cultures. Uh, and species in Star Wars that are heavily involved in the Force uh, that we just like don't know about or v- know very little about, and yeah, the the Zepho could have a lot of cool connections with maybe like the High Republic, the Old Republic. Yeah, I mean, I love how in even in Ascendancy, as they start to go through the Skywalker program, they're talking more about that. Like, you know, Thrawn's figuring out he's like, oh, there's more to the you know, the Second Sight. Really, is it's it's all a part of this whole Force thing, and I think that's. That's really cool that even showing people who are outside of the Star Wars galaxy that are in the chaos are still a part we, of the force. We talked about that this morning. We were talking about how the Night Sisters, they use the dark side way differently than the Sith do. And then yeah. I forget the name of the race, but that bird like race that was very like Buddhist in I think it was Rebels. Uh that really was like very Zen Buddhist type of, you know, thing. I forget who goes oh. there. They use, I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember the name of yeah, them. Yeah, they tap into the light side. I know what you're talking about. I can see them. Just no idea. Am I yes. the only one that totally forgot about these birds? Someone in the chat will, will tell us. <laughs> please, chat. Please. We do. So, Bar- Bardotans? Oh, oh, from Clone Wars. Okay, yeah. Was it Clone Wars? Yeah, that was in season six of Clone Wars. Okay, yeah. Them. Uh, you dogged his hammer <laughs> yeah. instantly. He knew who you're talking about. <laughs> I love that about Alex. <laughs> the, the, the princess, the queen that uh, falls in love with Jar Jar. Yes, Aww. yes. Oh, they're oh, not really. Yeah. They're like bird lizard 
type. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. She really had it for him too. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was one of it was that was a, one of those filler episodes with with Jar Jar. You're just like, I didn't need this. I don't. This didn't do anything. I'm good. I don't know why. <laughs> That's 30 minutes. I can't get back. Look, I didn't need to watch Jar Jar make out with a bird person, but yes. I wanted to. I needed it <laughs> just to know. I, like we we needed a scene where Jar Jar was like, still got it. Misa, still hot. Misa. <laughs> Tim was thrilled. Tim was thrilled when I read Aftermath and he was like, you see, Kevin, Jar Jar's reduced to nothing but a clown for children as he deserves to be. I'm like, whoa, dude. Die as a clown on Naboo. That's what he deserves. That was the ending he deserved. I was so happy when I heard that. I hope Jar Jar is in Andor. I hope so too. It would be so bad. Lose it. Like super serious spy show. And then Andor has to do a mission with him. Oh my god. <laughs> Think of the hijinks, Tim. <laughs> He's so upset. That's content, like, Tim. This Come on. Dark, dark film scene, just like crazy music. And then he's just in the background. <laughs> like that's what would happen. And I man. I mean, imagine the so lucky. How long that would how long that would be trending on social media, like news uh News channels would cover it. Everyone would be talking about the return the of Jar Jar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Sith Master's back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, before we... Or I'll open it back up because we have two more Super Chats here about the uh, the tomb. Gwigwio, uh, thank you. What are your thoughts on the Jedi tomb of the Inquisitors? Just trophies or a way to keep DNA? Interesting G- detail the Jedi youngling shown last was in the Order 66 opening scene. And uh, Sleep of Giants, thank you for your super chat. It says, Darth Extra got that walk-in Jedi corpse closet. Who am I going to wear today? That's great. It puts the lotion on its skin. <laughs> oh, no. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's uh, like I I kind of just think they're dead trophies. A part of me also doesn't want this answered just because I feel like whatever we come up with in our heads is going to be worse. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like at the same time I feel like with trophies, like I like I if it would have been carbonite, I would have been like, "Oh yeah, no, they're trophies." It's just like yeah. since you can see That's what I thought too. You can see them like some of them were like still moving like in a run position or like uh-huh. trying to like hide and stuff. So it's like it's um it's almost like Pompeii esque, you know, like where Ooh. they're just just frozen. Um, yeah. So there's there's some there's something else there. I don't think it's just a trophy room. There's okay. There there was a line in part one about how Reva's ability gave her status, or maybe that was part two. But they they mentioned Reva having abilities, and that could just mean generally like you're pretty good with the force. Yeah. But I yeah. Part of me took that as a specific ability so she could have oh. something like cal kestis where you can just freeze someone in time for a minute and then they just pop him into one of these <laughs> whatever cells hmm. i feel like I, we would have seen that'll... her do that by now i, I think but... you're right she also hasn't showcased enough for me to be like whoa like she, she just be like She's still very like uh, wet behind the ears, if you will. Like there's just like that unbottled rage, but there's nothing that is just like wow. Like you need to watch out for her. I'm waiting for that. Like where is that? Like that ferocity that everyone like you said that line. I think you you were right. It's like they 
there's something about her that is very, very special. And Vader sees it. Like, she's not just an average run-of-the-mill Force user. It might be yeah. her intelligence, though, not her Force abilities, because it's she's that, well, she's one step ahead of everybody all the time. Very smart. Very, very and, smart. I mean, the the mind-probing thing doesn't seem to be something every Darksider can do. So uh, I could see that being the case. That And that would be very useful if you're trying to track down people. It, it's been useful yeah. for Reva already. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Interesting to think about. I, I love her portrayal as this character, though. And you can really feel her pain when she is doing all of this. And she's obviously got a lot of PTSD from her past that, you know, mm -hmm. I hope we can see in <laughs> the next episode. But, yeah, it, it, it almost feels like she's struggling to keep her anger at the height that she needs to in order to stay powerful and, you know, the force and the dark side and all that. So she's, uh, she, she's, when she saw the Jedi symbol for the path thing, she looked so hurt. Like, yeah. oh, wow, this could, I could have been part of this. Yeah. Like this was all happening while I got taken and forgotten about. So that's it's really sad. Yeah, and I think there's going to be a direct tie to Obi Wan. She blames Obi Wan for that. Whatever, yeah. whatever that is, like there, there's, there is going to be something where she, where they, the group, that group of youngling, go from that out outside area across that that massive bridge. Something's bound to happen. There has to be something that that is so impactful to her that she hates the very idea of Obi Wan. Yeah, I, I got the idea that because uh, one of the lines she says to Leia when she's interrogating her is Obi-Wan is dead. Nobody is coming for, for you. So like what if she saw the message from Obi-Wan that told, you know, everyone, all the Jedi oh. not to go back to the temple. So she, yeah. she knows nobody's coming for me. Obi-Wan put this message out for no one to come back here. You know, that ties in really well with today's episode where she kept selling Leia, like no one's coming for you. Yeah. All those people abandoned you. So she's yeah, I, mean, I really, yeah, she's, she's just projecting. Yeah. She's yeah. literally, yeah. She's just projecting her emotions. That's really interesting. I I, think I'm about still, that. I'm a little impatient at this point. Like I was kind of hoping today we would get her backstory. Sure. I felt like the midpoint would be a good point for it. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to hear her full story now, but I I like the headcanon of, yeah, she was failed by the Jedi, captured by the Sith, turned into an Inquisitor, and she's still just like that scared little girl because it connects back to what Leia said about her cousin, where it's right. like, you, you're afraid of your dad, and now you try to make other people afraid of you because that's how you think that's that's what power is to you. Yeah. And that's what I see her doing, just running around screaming, like, where's the Jedi? Cutting off hands. Here's she the she lives under the shadow of Darth Vader. Yeah. So yeah. she's like, I, I gotta I gotta be just as scary or else I'm dead. Yeah, there's the line where she says, like, the braver you seem, the more scared you are. Yeah. That's, it's like, yeah, you're yeah. talking about yourself, Reva. <laughs> yeah, well, it also yeah. doesn't help that the Inquisitors are just tortured by Darth Vader can continuously like getting the limbs chopped off and reattached and all of these things like they've gone through hell yep yeah. you know so i mean for her to feel that way i, I mean it makes sense tim and i are calling them sith light yeah because <laughs> they act just like sith they just don't have all of the the 
power that is said that. None of the benefits. Yeah, none of the badges or awards that come with it. (laughs) We recorded our Q&A for uh, the weekend earlier today, and I likened the title of Grand Inquisitor to, like in the office, assistant to the regional manager. (laughs) That's a great... It doesn't mean anything. It's just the middleman. Which we... (laughs) Then we built off that, and we were like, oh my god, like the dark side is just a pyramid scheme it's a multi-level marketing like thing where you have your palpatines at the top and then vader and like you're all trying to fight your way to the top and then i was like that's why sith holocrons are triangles like we figured it out oh my god good i love that i want someone to draw that out now for me like the most cheesiest marketing drawing you could fantastic see tim you love the empire so much that you would have fell for an mlm i would have yeah i just yeah. would have ended up selling you know sith apparel like, and yeah and, like and, sith amway or something yeah, yeah the marie yeah the marie calendar of uh or not marie calendar the mary k of, of, sith of, NFTs. of the oh no <laughs> uh well we've been going for an hour with our guests and i know you both have a convention to prepare for so uh we're gonna give you an out here uh where where can people follow you online where can they listen to star wars and scotch uh you could you could follow me just go to raredrop.co everything i do is there uh uh but yeah if you want to talk about star wars on twitter it's kevin x vision k magic 101 star wars scotch on twitter and star wars and scotch everywhere else we're on every audio platform uh youtube uh we did 80, episode 86 today, Tim? 86 today. Yeah. Episode 86 wow. today, too. Look at us. <laughs> so, and if you want to follow me on the internet, so I'm Darkness429 everywhere. And uh, we will also, we'll see you on Saturday. We're coming down yes, to GCX. Yeah. We're going to do the Star Wars and Scotch panel. Uh, I assume that's going to be recorded. And, <laughs> and live streamed. It'll be live well. streamed. Yeah, yep. Great. Yep. Oh, cool. Yep. Panel's yeah. on Sunday, I think. Sunday at noon, yep. Great. So everyone tune in for that. We're all going to be just keeping this going along with Sawyerism and Mark Thompson uh, talking about Star Wars and sipping on scotch. And I am so excited. That sounds so much more relaxing than Star Wars Celebration was. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> we'll make sure yeah. you have a good time. Trust yeah. me. <laughs> we'll make, okay. All right, guys. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you both for thank you coming. For having us. This is thank you so much. This is a blast. Uh, travel safe to Orlando and we'll see you tomorrow or Friday. Y- right, you guys. as well. Have a good one. Good night. Bye. 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 Okay. Don't worry. Molly and I are still going to stay here. We're going to go through all of your super chats and questions, but they're great. That was fun. They're super cool. I can't wait. I, I love them some more. I love talking to them. We met Tim back at an EA event years and years ago. I think. Yeah. The first I, time. I met Tim through uh, the game changers. Yeah. Uh, and th- they he didn't have like a Star Wars podcast back then, but it's it's cool to see what they've created and how far it's come. Uh, yeah, and yeah, I'm excited for GCX. Yeah, because it's because it's not all Star Wars related, so we can actually enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we won't have to be working constantly. Yeah, uh, but let let's keep on going. Justin Marshall has the next question here, uh, or, or super chat. Thank you, Justin. Yeah, Luminara unduly was frozen in Rebels and an amber-like coffin. So yeah, it is very possible that they are making that connection. Yeah, that was creepy. I saw some people post pictures of her from that episode. Why can't I find this super chat? Bring it up. 
uh, and it it looked so creepy. What episode is that from? That is from the first episode that features the Grand Inquisitor, uh, as it happens. So it's called oh, Rise yeah. of the Old Masters. It's like season one, episode five or six, somewhere around there. And that's that's the first episode I remember. Like I was watching Rebels and I was kind of like, OK, I'm going to watch this because I have this channel and I should I should give everything a shot. Um, and I remember sitting in bed watching that episode and being like, OK, this is this is getting good. I'm starting to understand <laughs> this show. Now it's uh, getting good. Yeah, I still credit Rebels for shifting my attitude as a Star Wars fan um, to be more accepting and just be like, let's just give it a shot and uh, look for the good. So thank you, Star Wars Rebels. <laughs> <laughs> Lin Koyo, thank you for your super chat. My theory is that the Jedi are dead, but kept fresh in the Amber stuff for study and experiments. That seems Ew. to be a trend with the Empire lately. They're they're like in little fresh freezer bag sealed things. That's I mean, that could be the case, but that's gross to think about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that's likely that I think that feels the most correct to me right now that they are dead. Um, And again, I just I don't want to know the answer right away of what's happening with them, because I feel like. It's going to be bad no matter what, but any option I can think of in my head is probably going to be worse. <laughs> it's, it's that the horror of the unknown, I guess. Sure. Uh, yeah, just pickled Jedi. That's Ew, <laughs> I love pickles and I don't want to think about that. <laughs> now you hate pickles. <laughs> <laughs> I never did get to do that pickle back at Celebration. I'm That's gonna, true. Yeah, I'm going to get the stuff for it and we're going to do that. We'll do it. ourselves in Did Orlando. Back? Okay, great. <laughs> uh, Doomslayer420, thanks for the super chat. Hello there. I, I feel like, okay, I should I should not read it like that. Anytime it pops up, I should do my best. We, we should all do our best Kenobi impressions. Hello <clears> there. <throat> Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. <laughs> Hello there. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> We're just going to get weirder and weirder with that. Uh -huh. Oh, we've crossed the hour threshold, and that's when my brain starts to take a nosedive, I, especially. I'm only halfway through my drink. I, I'm about two thirds, but I mean, I've been up since uh, 6 a.m. I've been talking about Star Wars nonstop. Uh, my brain is mush, so it's going to get weird fast. <laughs> Patrick Foley, thank you for your super chat. This episode showed that even when Kenobi is broken, he won't let his personal feelings get in the way. I would have loved to see flashbacks and heavy emotions, but we still have time. Totally agree. Mm -hmm. I don't know why it was like a lot of people, including me, uh, including uh, some of our friends online and Andy Blanchard was tweeting that like we, we might get Clone Wars flashbacks in episode four. And for for some reason, I feel like a lot of people had that expectation. Expectation um, because we were we figured he was headed to the back to tank, and that's what we got a lot of in Book of Boba Fett. So I, I understand why, because like I thought the same thing too. But I'm also we we keep talking about how this story was originally going to be a movie, and so they had to 
break it up in a certain way to do episodes and maybe they just wanted to stop this episode before it gets into like the big chunk chunky third act you know Mm -hmm. so maybe i don't know i i still think we're gonna get some flashbacks i hope it Um, it definitely was because of the back door what's up darth chaco uh, the, the, yeah, we, we've been conditioned to think Bacta means flashbacks because of Book of Boba Fett. Um, I also flashbacta is I what also I've feel like, called. yeah, yeah. I also feel like the Mandalorian conditioned me to think that when someone is captured, uh, they're not going to go on the rescue mission right away. Grogu is captured in the tragedy episode, and then they had to go pick up Bill Burr and go on the little side quest which was an awesome episode i love that episode but i i feel like there are so many times in the mandalorian where we're like okay so the next episode he's gonna go uh see bo katan on this planet and no he's gonna deal with frog lady for an episode okay well in the next one he's gonna go to uh visit ahsoka on that planet and like nope there's a little detour back to navarro and I feel like when Leia was captured, I was going, okay, so this is going to be the episode where Obi-Wan like builds himself back up and then goes. So I was really surprised that he went and uh, attacked the fortress right away. Yeah. Joel Let's Davis, see. thank you for the next super chat. Uh, Star Wars shouldn't be afraid to tell stories because of baggage. I agree. So if the creators have a season two idea, I say, let the creator tell that story. I do agree with you. Um, I don't know. I am I, I guess I'd be a little worried that if they announced a season two now, it's it'd be a commercial decision and not a we have a great idea decision. Because mm-hmm. the way they've been talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi this whole time is it's a limited series. And it's going to be six episodes and that's it. So, yeah, you know, I just don't want them to stretch it out too much. And especially after celebration and seeing all the press that Hayden Christensen and, and Ewan McGregor have been doing for the show, they've been talking about it like it's, you know, this is it. This is the big showdown finale to these two characters stories and i don't know if i i see the two of them staying involved for a whole nother season of this they could pop up in other shows that are currently filming like i definitely think hayden is gonna show up in ahsoka uh oh yeah, yeah. but i don't know if they're it would it would almost seem like the fans were not lied to, but like led to believe that this was going to be it. These six episodes were going to cover the whole story. And then if they're like, just kidding season two and be like, like just feels frustrating. Yeah. And, and uh, I did want to say that uh, Ewan did say he would come back and play Obi-Wan and he'd do it. He'd do another season or whatever. I hope it's true. I hope. Yeah. That to me is uh, Samuel L. Jackson saying, oh, I'd return to play Mace Windu. It's like, yeah, of course you would. Like, no actor is going to say, I'm done with this character. Some of them have done that. I mean, 
Oscar Isaac has basically said that. Um, but for the most part, I think actors like to keep doors open because why wouldn't you? It's Star Wars. Um, I don't know. It's just like not my preference, I guess. If they announce it, obviously I'm going to watch it and I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. But I'm like, uh, I, I think I'd prefer that we just do this kind of like one big Obi-Wan Kenobi story and then do something else. But that's just me. I'm trying to th- get closer to, to really hone in on what I my idea was that I said earlier. If they were to have not a second whole season to this, but like a movie length, like a two hour, two and a half hour Disney plus film, like movie mm-hmm. to close all this off. But then I would feel kind of mad that, they that we weren't getting the end of the story in this season because that's kind of how they've been marketing it like the big showdown between obi-wan and vader yeah i don't know like i'm curious to see what chat has to say like would you guys feel frustrated and lied to if we didn't see the end of this by the end of this season well like i i the way you stated it i kind of figure you know episode six could just be really long um and I, the way you put that kind of reminded me that, yeah, they've been saying, you know, this is the rematch of the century. It's Obi-Wan and Darth Vader again. And if they do a season two, it's like, how do you one up that? Not that you have to, if, if you have a good story to tell about Obi-Wan or whoever, you don't have to one up Obi-Wan and Darth Vader, but it feels like that would have been good to build to instead mm-hmm. of doing season one and then, like they they can't they can't keep facing each other every season. Um, yeah, I will say I think I have not been looking into the rumors about a second season because I, I'm pretty sure I'll wind up spoiling myself on something that happens in the rest of this season. Uh, but it could be more of a spinoff thing. It might not be Obi Wan Kenobi season two. It might be a continuation of some story element in here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That I'm more on board with. I guess I just don't want them to keep going back to the Obi-Wan Kenobi well, if that makes sense. Right. I um, want to bring this up real quick because I love this idea. Reva and Quinlan traveling traveling the galaxy, saving four sensitive kids. That would be there you such go. a that would be such a meaningful if all of our theories about her is are correct, that would be such a great way to to finish her story. I thought a similar thing for Janna in the Rise of Skywalker, the idea of her and Lando mm-hmm. going out and just like saving people, finding more survivors of the First Order. Uh, yeah, I like that idea. Uh, yeah, I am down for that more than I am for them to be like, and now let's tell another story about Obi-Wan Kenobi where he left Tatooine again and did like that. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I'm like pump the brakes on the Obi-Wan stuff. What one last big fight as Bail Organa's put it. I'm like, yeah, uh, I don't want them to do it. One last big fight every year. <laughs> mm-hmm. One last big fight for now. Uh, 
And I, I did look up because I was curious. Uh, Hawkeye, I remember, had a pretty long final episode. And it was over an hour long. So yeah, we, we could do something like that, I think. I think we could. I think we could. Uh, Dan, right, we got to get through some of these questions. We're way behind. <laughs> I had to scroll all the way up to six, six o'clock. <laughs> and that's from Dan Ritter. Thank you so much. When I saw Obi-Wan do the strike from the shadows move, I immediately thought about Ahsoka doing the same thing in Mando season two. Love the through lines that connect the arrows. Maybe Ahsoka fights like that because she saw Obi-Wan do it. It's funny. Like I like seeing the way different people make different connections. Cause I like a lot of people was like force unleashed that that's the force unleashed two trailer where it's really dark and star killer pops out and stabs a couple stormtroopers. And yeah, I, I hadn't seen that before cause I didn't play the game, but someone mm -hmm. tweeted that video and I was like, Oh, that is pretty spot on. But I liked what you said too, in the review video about how he, he's still hiding in the dark. He's only got his lightsaber out when he absolutely needs to use it. Yeah, I, I don't think like this is definitely a step in the right direction where in part three, you know, he turns on that lightsaber, but it's not a heroic moment. It's a it's a terrified it's moment. Pa it's panic. Yeah, panic. Yeah, panic. And this one, he was in control, but he still hasn't done that. Like uh, Joseph Scrimshaw always puts it like and a hero will rise like that that hasn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. I still kind of want, and I don't know that we're going to get this, but I kind of want that like defiant and confident moment where Vader ignites his lightsaber and Obi-Wan pulls his out. Maybe he does the Qui-Gon pose. Maybe he does the against General Grievous pose, whatever. I, I do think he's going to do that at some point in the series because everyone will be like, it's the thing. <laughs> What if he gets to do the Qui-Gon, let's just have a little sit down quiet moment before mm. the fight? <gasps> because he couldn't do that back in episode one. He was Honestly, pacing that's just like great. Maul. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, he's kind of like bouncing there, waiting for the gates to open. Yeah, I think that would be awesome to show that character growth. It It, it is exactly... And that's when Qui-Gon's force ghost comes up and gives him a high five and is yeah. like... You did, you did it. it. That, that's his appearance. Like, well done. <laughs> Pop. And then he disappears. And that's it. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Molly, you, you stole Darth Oops. Taco's idea. Okay. Darth Taco has this idea, too. Okay. We will share it. We'll share. Uh, Great minds. <laughs> Great minds. And by we, I mean you and Molly. This was, I, I had no part in this. I think that's a fantastic idea. If they are <laughs> separated again by fire or something and we see oh. uh vader pacing and obi-wan sits and he does the qui-gon thing because that that's the whole uh scene with maul and twin sons in star wars rebels is showing that obi-wan is not the person he was in the prequels and that he has continued to grow when maul hasn't and i, I think that would be a really really cool way to show that so well done, Molly and Darth Chaco. I think that's awesome. You see, you get a half a beer in me. I got great ideas. <laughs> great ideas. <laughs> uh, well, Palmer Hope has the next super chat. Thank you so much. Is a is a whole 
as a whole, I think, I think as a it, whole, it is great. Love Broken Ben, but this episode did not progress the story in any way. Uh, disagree. I I, I do think, yeah, I do think it was one of those kind of like every once in a while in a Clone Wars arc, you hit a, an episode that's just a lot of action and it's not, there's not as much to talk about. Um, still fun to watch. I mean, mm-hmm. like I had a blast watching this episode big fallen order fan i i admit i've got some bias we, but i do think that it oh, good we needed to see all the interactions between reva and leia i think for the story to progress we we kind of needed to get inside reva's head a little bit all of the stuff that we said about like what she was saying to leia she could also say to her younger self i think that was important for the story and where we're headed in the future, we also just needed to see Leia captured and then rescued, like to to go further into the story. And yeah. they probably don't want to they don't want to dilly dally on uh, that planet if that's not like the big finale, you know. Mm-hmm. Which to me, I thought that this was going to be the big finale. I thought that assaulting Fortress Inquisitorius. That's finale worthy stuff. And the fact they did it two thirds of the way through, I'm like, oh, well, what what do they have left? Uh, What what are they going to surprise me with? Um, But I definitely think we saw character growth in Obi-Wan. We got teases of Reva. I I wish we got more. But I don't know. Anytime I see the word filler at this point, I'm just like, I, I don't not that Palmer said that, but when people talk about filler, I'm like, well, everyone said that the whale episode, the Pergil episode of Star Wars Rebels was filler. And then it was crucial <laughs> to the finale. So I haven't to seen say, too many people say that this episode was filler. I, I, I've seen a few people saying it. And and I don't know. I see that term and I'm just like, OK, like we got two more episodes. Let's wait and see what happens before we judge this one sixth of it because it's probably more important than you think you just don't know it yet and Mm -hmm. then when you see i mean like every time i'm watching a new episode i'm making connections to previous episodes and that's how it's going to keep happening so i do think that i I understand why people haven't enjoyed this one as much whereas i i thought i think i liked this one more than three um but I don't know. <laughs> the the filler it's, thing just like grinds my gears. I know it does. Uh, and it's it's hard for me to say which one of these episodes I like more than the other because I'm kind of watching this as if it were a movie and I'm just pausing it and starting it again and pausing it and starting it again. And it's it's really helped me like with not thinking that it's a filler episode or like ah oh, this one could have been left out or or shortened or something because I I'm kind of watching all of this like it is one big chunk of content. Like I think once, once it's all out and if people wanted to watch the whole thing all at once, it'll play out much better, which that's kind of the case for any show, I guess. Yeah. And I think you're right to view it as a movie since that was the original pitch for this story. And that they have definitely altered it 
to become a series, but they are treating it so much like a movie. The fact that part one had a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, uh, that alone, and the way that the credits are handled over stars, just like the films, I'm like, they, they are treating this as a six-part story instead of like a season with eight episodes where, you know, the Mandalorian definitely has its adventure of the week stories, which mm-hmm. is cool. Um, but this is different. This is a story told in six parts. All right. Miranda here has another super chat here. So I'm going to. Or wait, okay. or did, did well, we go past? I need to run to the restaurant. I, yeah. I need a bathroom break. So I'll, I'll be right back. Oh, no. You know what happens when it's just me. Crickets. Uh, um, I'll go ahead and read the, the next uh, super chat. Where was it? The next one is from Miranda here. Thank you, Miranda. Here we go. Uh, I still haven't seen you call the fourth sister uh, Twilight by name. Do you have a reason for ignoring her name? Wikipedia calls her that. Love the new episode. Cheers. I don't know if I know her name, like her name as in the fourth sister or I don't know. Also, she, I don't think she's a Twilight. She is. mm, I don't know what her species is. She's just, oh, okay. Yeah, she's just the fourth sister. The <laughs> Alex just keeps calling her the other Inquisitor. Yeah, I, I think that's just because they haven't called her fourth sister yet in the show. But we have had people on Twitter, like, let us know that she is the fourth sister. Um, I don't see her species on Wikipedia. But I know I've seen it before. She's got like, it's kind of like Twilight Leku, but they're little baby ones. Alex, do you know what species the fourth sister is? I don't. It's um, not even listed on Wikipedia. I think she's probably something new. I didn't even know she was no. the fourth sister until last week. I called her the unnamed Inquisitor and everyone corrected that's, me. That's what this question was about because... I, I just said that you probably didn't call her the fourth sister because they hadn't oh. named her that in the show yet. Yeah, it was it was in the credits, I think, and I just missed it. So that's why I'm not ignoring her name. I just didn't know it. <laughs> her her head tails kind of remind me of Masamita's. Maybe like I don't think I don't think she's the same species, but something similar to that. I don't know. Masamita. Yeah, she doesn't have the horns, but she's got those two little <laughs> tails. I, it, it, she almost looks uh, like a, oh man, now I'm blanking. Adi Galea, Stas Ali. The Lothian. Uh, yeah. She she almost reminds me of that, but it's not, maybe Nautilin, but no, they're, they have longer head tentacles too. So I don't know. She just looks cool. That's all we yeah. need to know, I guess. <laughs> uh, well, Miranda here has two more super chats. Thank you. 
Uh, another question I've been pondering due to this series. Do you think Luke and Leia themselves were a forced dyad? The Emperor never saw them together, but they seem to have a similar connection across space as Rey and Ben. Uh, uh, maybe? I mean, I, I think, yeah, that's possible. The idea of a forced dyad is probably... You could apply that to a lot of people in Star Wars. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm going to go with no. But, you know, the fact that they're twins and everything, I don't I don't I'm not opposed to it. I'm just kind of waiting to see, uh, you know, if they confirm it. Great. If not, I'm going to say no, I guess. Everything in Star Wars is about binary <laughs> things. I mean, the, the dyad is still, it's its three years old, but, you know, uh, I still am, am getting used to it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I just wanted to say real quick, for anyone who thinks we missed a super chat, I'm kind of, we've got our moderators, like, uh, grouping these kind of together. So haven't missed it yet. We're just trying to get these read uh if there's like several by the same person and uh one more here from miranda here one last super chat has anybody remarked how similar mon mothma looks to molly in the andor trailer no one's done that literally no one has done that everyone has done that. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's demanding the mon mothma cosplay i would i mean i would love to i just don't know how to sew Cut if a, someone wants to make a me a killer and I don't so Ooh. no, that's silver rope. You nailed it. That's I I'm excited for her in Andor because she doesn't wear the white sheet the whole time. She's got yeah, like actual real clothes. So if someone wants to make me a cool outfit, then yeah, <laughs> I'll be casual Mon Mothma and I'll have like a hoodie and yoga pants on. Yeah. Just find like that peach color. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would work. And Miranda here, I'm just, I'm just joshing you. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lynn Coyo. Thank you for the next super chat. I had the same question regarding the fourth sister species thinking I'd seen it before until I realized the other time I had seen it. The only other time I had seen it was in the trailer. Yeah. I have no idea what she is. Probably just a new design. The creature department wanted to make. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lynn, Lynn's got another one. Thank you. It says, loved how the fortress was faithful to the game. Me too. Even just like down to the hallway design, the way the windows looked. It's a little more green in Obi-Wan Kenobi, the ocean. But maybe that's because the Empire's pollution. Polluting it. Yeah. Yeah. Which that actually kind of works out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Theral Unfiction's got the next two. Thank you, Theral. Uh, like Pippin reviews is we need fish of Star Wars. <laughs> oh, that's what Pippin says about Star Wars. Oh, uh, that we need more fish? I mean, there but were he, a lot of fish in this episode. That he wants more fish to eat them. Oh. <laughs> and the second one is notice mustache Wade got killed trope reaction. Did Wade have a mustache? I've seen a lot of people <laughs> saying R.I.P. Wade. I don't remember Wade having a mustache, but I, I can look real quick. 
I don't remember. If he did, that's just classic Star Wars to kill off the, the guy with the mustache, I guess. Uh, I can't tell. I think th I think that's no. Nah, he looks clean shaven to me. But I mean, if I don't if, know. Nah, I think he's clean shaven. We almost got another member of Mustache Squadron. <laughs> got him and then immediately lost him. <laughs> and uh, Madman's knowledge. Thank you for the next super chat. I still haven't stopped crying over Wade. A lot of Wade love. Aww. I don't know if it's a meme or not. Like, I've seen people on Twitter and Reddit also, like, talking about Wade a lot. I think they're just like the name. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I'm in. I liked Wade. Uh, Madmans, thank you for another super chat. I think the Vader should... I think Vader should win since this is the dark times by destroying the path, but Obi-Wan will win by saving Leia and reclaiming himself. I like that. I think I don't want to see the path destroyed, but it does make sense. Like the Jedi can't, I mean, they can. It, my impulse is to say that the Jedi shouldn't have this underground network and everything, but you know, there, we already know that there were more Jedi around than we thought in Return of the Jedi. So who knows? Yeah. I, I do think that that's possible, though, that the path is wiped out or scattered and broken. But yeah, Obi-Wan's obviously going to save Leia and himself. <laughs> and Ken Plume, thank you for the super chat. Now Wade will never get the chance to grow one. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> Classic so Star Wars. Cool. He was probably trying. He had a little peach fuzz. That's a shame. Uh, Bones McCoy, thanks for the super chat. Vader was so close to his daughter in this episode. Yeah, he was. I had that thought about... It, it's weird. I almost forgot that he was that close or closer in A New Hope. And seeing Leia get almost tortured, which was terrible. Mm -hmm. uh, it reminded me that, yeah, like, oh yeah, she gets tortured by her father in A New Hope. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> and like a few people were like, why didn't he sense her in the force as his daughter? But I, I don't think that that's not how the force works. Not to use that quote, but he didn't realize he had children that were alive. So he didn't sense them. I guess, no, he, he knew about Luke. Did not know about Leia. Well, he he sensed that Luke was using the Force in the Death Star Trench run. And that was it. He's just like, the Force is strong with this one. Because Luke was actively using it to try to make the shot. Uh, he's never been around Leia, as far as we know, where she was actively using the Force. And even then, that doesn't mean he'd be like, oh my god, my daughter. Mm -hmm. he, he didn't suspect Luke of being his son until Boba Fett found out that his last name was Skywalker. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Uh, that's why that moment in Return of the Jedi is so powerful when he goes, sister. 
you have a twin sister. And then Luke like loses his mind. Yeah, and that, that's more reading his mind. Yeah. Thon uh, Kobuka, thanks for the next super chat. In response to part one, did Jack Lloyd get paid it? Jake Lloyd? Jake Lloyd? Oh, yeah. Oh, he... Because his his footage appears in the. Oh. I, I don't know. I don't know how that works. I I'm... assume so. Maybe. I, I don't know how that works either. He got paid in gift cards yeah, to like Disney I, Plus. I, to Disneyland. Probably depends. <laughs> Yeah, you can build a droid at Disneyland. <laughs> it, it probably depends on the contract he signed when he was nine. Like, if you can, if they can use this footage and his likeness moving forward, or yeah, I don't know how the film industry works that way. I, I would have to ask one of our friends. Yeah, something about a royalty check, maybe, but Star Wars might be different because it spans such a huge amount of time and they could use footage from anywhere in the Canon timeline at any point. So I don't know. Uh, Dr. Smarty pants. Thank you for the next super chat that it's not a fortress. It's a tomb thing was in Lord of the Rings fellowship of the ring. Yeah. Uh, also Cal comes back and sees the fortress flooded in size. <laughs> That's... Oh, yeah, that was like the Mines of Moria, right? Uh-huh, yeah. Cool. I didn't even think about that. It's a tomb. I do like, I, like, I don't think Survivor, we're going to go back to Fortress Inquisitorious. I don't think we should. Um, But yeah, <laughs> it would be funny if Cal's like, I got to go back there. Oh, and it's messed up again? Could we <laughs> see it destroyed destroy. in this show? Not really. Or is it pop up again? after this uh not that we know of this is its latest appearance i i could see roken wanting to go if if one of those jedi is in fact his wife i could see him going back there and just burning it to the ground slash water yeah um yeah i i could see it being destroyed this season but i kind of feel like since we left it we're not going to go back but yeah i don't know no time we're out of time. Yeah. yeah. It feels like we're out of time, but we'll see. Nathan Taggart, thank you for the next super chat. Roken called Obi-Wan general. Do you think he was in the Clone Wars or was it just a term of respect given that Obi-Wan was once a famous general? Uh, yeah, we talked about this earlier today. It's going to be in our Q&A as well. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think he was known as being a general... Also, he was just known as being Obi-Wan Kenobi, but I think people still, uh, in this time period, people still realize that any Jedi that are left, might they might just call them general? Cause... I, I assume it was, yeah, a term of respect, because especially since he was kind of like, you gotta go. When, when he first showed up, he's like, yeah. there's too much attention on you. Too many people are looking at you. General, I respect you. I know who you are, but please leave. That's how and, I viewed it. And we see in A New Hope, we see Leia address him as General Kenobi. So it could just be like, that's how the rebellion refers to him. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think we, we saw that Tala knew who Obi-Wan Kenobi was. And she, she said something like, it's hard to think about Obi-Wan Kenobi making a mistake. I think all the people of the path know who he is and respect him. But uh, Roken was also like, it's dangerous to have him here. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so he was trying to nicely ask him to leave. That's how I see it. Yeah. Still in such early days of the rebellion, they don't have a lot of power yet. He's probably like, you can't be here. <laughs> You're too much trouble. Yeah. Reva has a has a death sentence for you. Mm-hmm. Ice has the next two super chats. Thank you so much, Ice. Uh, this episode was insane. Loved the Fallen Order vibes. Me too. The fortress looked so cool. I'm loving Obi-Wan's progression. It felt so good seeing him use his lightsaber again. That sequence was awesome. Vader was terrifying at the end. I literally jumped. He was ticked. <laughs> I like, he, he was, that Vader is ticked off. <laughs> I am, I am ticked off. <sighs> so we, we always try to tone down our language for the channel just to, just to keep it clean. But even ticked even seems like too far for us. <laughs> Uh, I don't think we've ever seen him that mad on screen before. Love how the Inquisitors were scared. The fifth brother backed way up. I mm -hmm. do really, really like that about this show, that the Inquisitors act all tough until Vader appears. We saw it in part three as well. And then they're all just like, I guess I'll just look at the ground. <laughs> like, I want to make eye contact. Like they, they want his attention, but as soon as they have it, they're like, oh no. He's, I mean, Vader's got the the one true license to kill uh from from palpatine he can just snap a neck whenever he wants to or, or choke anyone that he wants to at any given time and they know that so yeah so i i really like the way that they are treating vader and uh the inquisitors and their relationship uh let's agree with you in the fallen order vibes i, I put this shirt on specifically because of it uh it made me really happy yeah, and the, all the, all the lightsaber stuff. It, it was good to see him being more confident, using it purposefully and not in a panic. Yeah, he was looking more more in control by the end of the episode with the, with what he was doing with his lightsaber. Yeah. Uh, Jared Middleton, thank you for the next super chat. We've seen so many different early Rebel Cells throughout the many Star Wars releases at this point. It's exciting to imagine them all being together once the Rebel Alliance is formed. We, we were talking about this on our uh, walk with Hilo earlier today. Yeah. We literally talk about Star Wars all the time. We cannot stop. <laughs> when we're off stream, when we're not working, we're like, you know what? <laughs> Basically, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I was thinking about just all the different iterations of early, early rebellion stuff. Cause I was like, Oh, who else could show up? You know, what other characters have we seen at this time? What's Bale doing with his power as a Senator? So yeah, there's, there's it, this, this time period is kind of all over the place in Canon content. I, I wonder what we're going to get probably in Andor season two, more than one, but I think we're going to get the story of, a rebel cell that joins in with the larger rebel alliance. And I, the way that Tony Gilroy talked about the second season being, you know, four years before the battle of Yavin to rogue one, 
I wonder if we're going to get the live action version of that scene from Star Wars Rebels where Leia makes that speech and she's like, meet us at Dantooine and we're going to start uh, messing stuff up. <laughs> that That's, I think it would be really cool to see that in live action as well. Or maybe just Andor's perspective of it as he goes to that meeting. I think that'd be super cool. Mm-hmm. I don't see it mentioned in here. Maybe maybe it is and I just missed it, but I'm surprised no one's brought up the T-47s because that was yeah. like the one visual effect in this episode that I was kind of like iffy on. I was like, ooh, it doesn't look great, but I don't want to go on about what I didn't like about them. What I do like is the idea that they got called out for being only useful for hauling sewage. And I was like, that makes the Battle of Hoth even like cooler and funnier to me because not funny, but it's just, it shows you how desperate the rebellion was at that time and how they were just like using anything they could get their hands on and they, they made it work. Yeah. The, the T-47s are meant to be like cargo haulers yeah. and that's why they have the, the, the clamps or whatever, the harpoons and tow cables. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny that they were like mentioning what they're actually used for. And they're like, I guess we can use them to fight. Let's go. <laughs> it just, it, it makes the battle of Hoth even, even cooler that they use the tow cables to take down the AT-ATs. Yeah. Uh, I sent in one more super chat. Thanks ice. I was devastated when we saw Tara Sanube or at least someone of his species. I'm sure that's gotta be Tara. I'm hoping it's not him. Sorry, but man, that hurt. I really <laughs> like his character. Yeah, I, I, I texted. He's been around for a long time. Yeah, I texted Joseph Scrimshaw today to check in on him because I know he loves Terrace Nube. Did you? What did he say? Uh, he said, thank you for thinking of me in my time of need. Something like that. <laughs> I thought of him, too, because I, I. At Celebration, I told him about him showing up in the Tales of the Jedi trailer that we saw. It was a very quick little shot of Terrace Nube and he got really excited and now now we see him yeah presumed dead Ugh. uh thank you for thinking of me in my time of need I was comforted to see Obi-Wan love Tara as much as me Obi-Wan looked distraught <laughs> yeah I mean they, they did a good job of choosing a Jedi that you know means something to people who watch the Clone Wars but again, it wasn't obtrusive. It wasn't confusing. If you had never seen the Clone Wars, it was just like, that's a Jedi that Obi-Wan is looking at. All right, my turn to take a potty break. Okay. Did you get uh, another Coy, beer? Uh, sure, I'll take one, I guess. Do you, do you want one? <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm also how many hungry, questions do you I don't know. You Go, go. Oh, oh okay. Get, get me a beer. <laughs> Uh, Lynn Coyo, thank you for the next one. Last one, I promise. Sully reminded me of Paige. Oh, uh, would love if she was anti-Tico. And the lack of a surname in the credits makes my headcanon stronger. Uh, yeah, I liked Sully too. I, I, I meant to look her up all day because I feel like I recognize that actress. And I forgot to look at the credits and then IMDb. So I'm going to do that real quick. Um, but yeah, I liked Sully and Wade. I liked 
just anytime we see the young rebellion, I think it's cool. And watching that Maya Erskine. Okay. Oh, pin 15. Okay. That's what I recognize her from. Yeah. I, I enjoy seeing the rebel Alliance realizing that, or, or the pre rebel Alliance realizing that they have to do more and that they have to become soldiers. Uh, even if they didn't want to at first, but they, they, they took that step. Uh, Star Orange, thank you for the next two Super Chats. Obi-Wan almost did his iconic lightsaber pose. Yeah, uh, them holding hands at the end made me cry happy tears. It was very sweet. Do you think Obi-Wan assumes Leia is Force-sensitive? He knew she didn't give any info away to Reva. Um, all right, I'm just going to pop through this in order. Yeah, I love that he did kind of almost do that thing, and then he went down to more of a Qui-Gon pose. And I don't know if that was a tease that like, oh, he's going to do it next week. Or if it was showing progression that he's more in a Qui-Gon headspace or moving that direction. I don't know. I, I kind of want him to do the full on, you know, fingers out, lightsaber up. I hope we see that. Uh, I loved the scene at the end of them finally, like they fully trust each other. Oh, cookie too. Thank you. Pizza. I don't want you to ruin your appetite. Mm. Molly doesn't want me to ruin my appetite. She brought me a cookie. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved that little end scene. It's like after part two and part three where they were getting to know each other, not fully trusting each other. Obi-Wan's kind of snappy at Leia. But now they are like fully on the same page. Uh, I thought that was very sweet. And I, I absolutely think Obi-Wan assumes Leia is Force-sensitive, the same way he assumes Luke is. The mm -hmm. fact that, although I, I don't know that that necessarily means whether or not she gave away information to Reva, I think Obi-Wan just knew that she wouldn't. That's I, I think he just trusted her when she's like, I didn't tell her anything. He's like, yeah, I know. You're, you're a tough kid. Oh, I wrote down in my phone... Uh... After watching it a second time, I was like, Ben says I know to her. Just I know. Yeah. Like just a, like, I mean, just like Han. Star Wars way of saying I love you. Yeah. I don't I, know if I, that I, was I, like a, 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 an intentional callback, but I thought it was sweet. I mean, it was an answer to her question, but I also... I feel like it could have been like he definitely, I, definitely cares about her. I know I picked the, I picked that up in rise of Skywalker when Han says it to Ben in the scene on, uh, what's that water planet? Kefir. <laughs> Kefir. This is um, what it's like to live with us constantly. Like one of us will forget something and go like, what's that thing? And the other one will be like, it's this. And we're like, yeah, that's right. Uh, but yeah, so so he says it to Ben, just like the Ben says dad. And he goes, I know, which that is a little more on the nose because it is Han Solo. But when it happened in this episode, any anytime I hear someone say just the words, I know, I'm like, oh, they did the thing. Yeah. 
I mean, it, it's definitely, I agree. When Han Solo says it, it means I love you. Uh, but when someone says it to Leia, I still think it can mean that. Sure. And, and that's not something I picked up on, but I, I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> I think it can mean both. It was, it was like an, I trust you. I know you didn't give them any information because you're strong and tough. Also, I love you to death. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, and their little moment, hand, that hand-holding moment, it made me cry a little bit the second time I watched it. I was just like, Obi-Wan looks, like, so touched. Like, it, it just warms his heart, and he's finally looking like and feeling like himself again. I mean, just they've just for been... him to have that like s small, quiet moment with Leia, where he's just like looking, that they're just like looking into each other's eyes and like holding hands. I was like, <laughs> I can't, I can't. Yeah, it, it it's just he's been alone for ten years. He's been watching Luke, but he hasn't been part of a family or a community. He's been working a yeah. crappy job. He can't even get Luke toys. Owen doesn't want him to. Yeah. So like this is the first time he's made a connection with anyone in 10 years. He probably hasn't been talking to Yoda. Doesn't seem like he's been talking to Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon's been sending him straight to force voicemail. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. He's like, you call me when you're balanced. It's yeah. like, <laughs> he'll show up. I'm stuff figured out. I'm convinced he, he'll show up when he has that quiet moment like Qui-Gon had in episode one or but like just before that. No, oh, I think you're onto something with that. The the whole quote from Quinlan, uh, when when your eyes are closed, that's the only way to see the way, something like that. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's, you know, Obi-Wan's got to find that inner peace while he is confronting Vader, like his greatest failure i think I even, you're on something i even tweeted that quote that was written on the wall from quinlan and i used one of the images that i used because i just used four images of people using the force with their eyes closed in star wars uh but i one of them that i used was qui-gon having his little sit down moment his little <laughs> I sit can't down we didn't think of that <laughs> <laughs> Is Qui-Gon ghosting Obi-Wan? Oh my god. Why? What's wrong with us? Why didn't we immediately go to that? We're fools. Fools. The Swordfish Studios, thank you for the next super chat. Does Vader know Bale's daughter is Force-sensitive? Okay, can, kind of continuing on that. Do Inquisitors have authority to torture a senator's daughter with no consequences? Um, I, I definitely... Oh, does Vader know? Sorry, that was... Uh, Vader I know thought... that Bale's daughter... No, I don't think nah. he does, because he would have found her a lot sooner, I think, if so. Or maybe not, but they would have sent Inquisitors after her. If if you read the Ahsoka novel or Leia, Princess of Alderaan, it, it seems like, I mean, that's part of the reason they don't let Leia leave Alderaan at this point in time. Like, they're trying to keep the Force suppressed within her to keep her safe. Um. So no, I don't think Vader knows. I don't think Reven knows right now. I think she just thinks Leia is strong-minded, which she is. Um, do the Inquisitor have authority to torture a senator's daughter with no consequences? I would say no. I, I think no, because 
you know, they all seem a little upset with Reva that she kidnapped a senator's daughter. Like that alone, they were all like, what are you doing? Um, Yeah, like the the moment in the the town in Tatooine when the fifth brother like puts the wanted hologram down and he's just like, if you see this person, if you see anything, tell us. Like he's just trying to get work done and Reva's going off the deep end like i will cut everyone's hands off i will steal children to to go back to the multi-level marketing thing fifth brother is doing things by the script and reva is going off script and <laughs> that, that's thinking not going to get you into upper management yeah <laughs> fifth brother is all about synergy <laughs> he went to all those meetings he read the pamphlets he's like i know what to do here yeah so now, at this point, I don't think the Inquisitors can do whatever they want to any senator's child. Uh, after the Death Star is done, then yes, they can probably have more free reign. But none of them live to see that, as far as we know. So, so sad. <laughs> Too bad, so sad. Too bad, so sad. Uh, Palmer Hope, thank you for another super chat. I get that he's in the suit and no disrespect because I love Hayden, but what was the point of casting him? I, I mean, well, A, he was he's doing all the makeup stuff. B, there's still two more episodes. I I think we're going to see him actually. We're we are going to get I, I'm I'm putting it out in the universe. We're gonna get Clone Wars era Anakin Skywalker as a flashback. I would really, really like that. I'm trying not to get my hopes up now because, you know, the yeah, farther into the season we get. Do not take my words as truth. Do not yeah. get your hopes up. I'm just trying to put it out there. <laughs> Make it happen. Yeah. You know you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. Elon Slees Bagano is probably not going to be in this series. <laughs> I'm going to just have to Aww. let that one go. <laughs> Don't let your dreams be dreams. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I agree that if he's in the suit the whole time, what's the point? Uh, so that's why I do think that we're going to see him out of the suit. But also, if Hayden wanted to play him in the suit, let him play him in the suit. Like, <laughs> I did see a picture of like two really like big, tall guys on set that were in the Vader suits. Mm-hmm. There was two of them. And I was it, like, it's, it's was Hayden the... ever in the suit? He, he, you said yes. he was. Yeah, he he even specifically said, I think when he was in the chair <laughs> talking to Reba on Mustafar. When he when he doesn't have to be seven feet tall. <laughs> but it, it's kind of like the Mandalorian. They have Hayden, they have a movement double, and they have a stunt double. So sure. that there are and James Earl Jones slash maybe a computer are voicing him. I'm still not sure if they're using respeech or on uh, James Earl Jones or not. Anyway, like four people are <laughs> making Darth Vader come to life right now. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like I'm, I'm all for. Even if Hayden was like, I don't need to be. I don't need my face to be on screen. Like I'll play Vader sometimes. That sounds like fun. Yeah. When he was it. asked in interviews and stuff, people would ask him like, "Oh, if you could play any other character in Star Wars, who would you play?" And he was like. I think I got the jackpot with Anakin slash Vader. 
that could also be because his story is pretty much over and he can retire from being in Star Wars but still. Mm. I'm going to bring up uh, Bones McCoy's super chat just because it's relevant. So he didn't get a flashback. Wait, flash to back to. <laughs> flash to back to. Tank. <laughs> Clone Wars scene. Will we see Hayden outside the suit or tank? I, I keep wondering if we're going to see Hayden in the, all the, in all that makeup, see him speak outside of the suit. Cause we've seen so many quick shots of him in the tank. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think we will. <laughs> I mean, we it, did like get... as burned up, scarred up, sad Vader. I kinda, Humpty Dumpty Vader yeah. is what I like to call him. Yeah, the way they have <laughs> kind of repeated some stuff, like today from Fallen Order. Yeah, Fallen Order. They they've done a lot of similar beats, and I'm like, if they do the thing where they cut off part of his mask, like they did in Star Wars Rebels, I'm fine with it. He might just like if they if that or happened, that. he might just like take it off, take the rest of it off, and he's like, I'm gonna look at you with my own eyes. Obi-Wan. Yeah, while I murder you or try to. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't think that he needs the suit, like, constantly. We've seen him without the helmet before. He can rip that thing off and do some scary stuff for a while. Uh, I, I think there's a chance of that. But I would really, really like to see more of Hayden as Anakin, more than that little glimpse we got in Part 3. I'd really like to see... Anakin and Obi-Wan during the Clone Wars or during their training or something. I think that would be great. Yeah. Uh, Smashing Emeralds, thank you for the next super chat. Not Obi-Wan related, but what is your opinion on the upcoming, ooh, excuse me, restored oh content <laughs> DLC for KOTOR on Switch? Uh, I haven't gotten it yet, but Kevin earlier was saying that it even comes with like all of the the patched stuff. So... That's interesting because I'm getting ready to do a lore play on KOTOR 2 and I was trying to decide whether or not I wanted to do all the work to patch it and now I can just play it on the Switch. So I might do that. <laughs> well, I want to play the first KOTOR game because mm -hmm. I've never played it. I'm Maybe kinda, after... like, I don't know when the, the remake is coming out, but I feel like you should just wait for that. That's going to be a better gaming uh, experience, I assume. But I could play this one and then play the remake, and then I would be able to compare the two. If, if you want to. I'm not going to stop you. I'm just saying KOTOR I'm is a, a great story. The I'm a gamer now. Is dated. Yeah, you're, I'm a gamer now. You're a gamer girl, you're a gin girl, and you're a patch girl now. We've learned patch all girl. these things in the past month. <laughs> <laughs> Mo Molly is taken to declaring... Uh, new identities for herself like very quickly only when someone asks me about it I don't Molly know, had been doesn't... drinking gin for like two weeks and we were at a <laughs> restaurant and she was like what what gin drinks do you have I'm a gin girl <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> <laughs> oh you know what I did say that you did and I and owned you, it and you like gin you are a gin girl I, I am now. Look, it took me a while to like gin, but I learned how to like a lot of alcohol over the pandemic, much like everyone else. So, you know. 
Stuck inside, might as well try it all. E equal opportunity. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Andrew, we are really, it's been two hours. Like now it's really where we take a dive bomb. Andrew Law <laughs> Art, thank you for the next super chat. I never see the point of disliking an individual episode. It's all part of larger narratives, and I can't wait to watch it, watch Obi-Wan as a whole, enjoying it all. That's I, I how think I it, feel. It, it depends on the show and the style of show. Um, but for Obi-Wan's sake, I'm like, it was written as a movie, and then we split it up. So mm -hmm. to me, we're watching parts of a very long movie. So I agree. This is something that I don't think we can call any episode filler until we see the whole thing. And, and it's perfectly yeah. fine to like one episode more than another and think that, you know, the, the first sixth was better than the fourth sixth of the series. Mm -hmm. But I, I think as a whole, it's going to wind up working very well. I think because of what we do in the context of Star Wars content creation, like we dissect and we talk about these episodes so much every time we get a new one. And for so long, it kind of just like bleeds into the next. We talk about it until we get another one. So we talk about it and think about it for a week yeah. until we get another one. So thinking about the episodes like that, they all kind of run together a little bit which I, I guess it helps me keep it all relative, I guess. And, and in a way that I'm like, oh, I really liked this one. I didn't like this one. Cause I just, I think of every episode as, okay, how is it going to lead into the next one? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely have episodes of the Mandalorian. I like way more. Um, but even that I, I, I look at as a whole kind of the Mandalorian is more episodic, I think. So mm -hmm. it's a little easier for me to say, you know, that this one episode you can skip, you know, the tats. Well, I would say that, but now the Tatooine episode with Toro Calican, sorry, Steel Wars, uh, that episode, <laughs> I would have said, skip it after season one, but now it's kind of important. Mm -hmm. uh, it introduces Fennec Shand and all that. So even that, like the longer you go, the more patient you are, uh, you're usually rewarded for that patience. And I, w I wonder if people got used to like the Netflix model where you got to binge everything all at once. Like a lot of the complaints that I'm seeing people make about this series, I'm like, if this were a movie or if you got to binge all at once, you would not be talking about this. But because we're having to wait week after week. Yeah. And, and yeah, we want to fill that time with something. <laughs> it's easier to fill it with complaints than it is to to fill it with, I don't know, actual substance. Anger is easy. Mm -hmm. I think George Lucas said that. I think he did. I think we talk about in the Q&A. <laughs> <laughs> Q&A is a good warm up for. <laughs> for yeah. This. Yeah. Uh, Pharaoh, thank you for the next super chat. Hi from France. Love your content. Thank you. Did you see Hello. Coleman Cadge in the tomb of the Fortress Inquisitorius? He's around 1845 in the episode. I think I know who you're talking about. I know. And... I, that's the second time I've heard that name. And I'm like, I don't think I put those two together if that is him. Uh, I'll try to grab a screenshot of him real quick. 
He's yeah. What or species wait, is just, that? Uh, Ogresian, I want to say. Is that the big box head guy? Box head. No. Oh no no. <laughs> I know who you're talking about, but <laughs> uh, one second. He is on the far right of this image. Oh. Wait, wasn't he just in a Schmodown question? Was he? I don't know. I don't know. I could be wrong. Anyways, uh, okay, I, I remember who that is now. But yeah, I, I think that's him. It's either him or uh, Pablo Jill, I think is the other one. Mm -hmm. But I, I figure Coleman Cadge is more likely. He's He's dressed like a council member. Mm -hmm. So sure. Uh, Eakley Bebrot. Oh my God, I'm so sorry for what I just did to your name. <laughs> Thank you for the super chat. Am I the only one who thought it was strange to see the dead youngling? No, you are not. Uh, did they take the body from the temple and hold on to it for years? That's a good point. That they, If they are alive somehow they're definitely oh. in stasis because that kid oh yeah did age. yeah i mean we, we kind of touched on this earlier but yeah if that is one of the kids from what we saw in the first episode during order 66 then yeah they're frozen in in time mm -hmm. uh yeah but yeah i thought it was especially grim to show a dead youngling as just in the midst of all that. But th yeah. th that is kind of why part of me is like, maybe they're not dead. Maybe they are in stasis just to huh? ease that moment. But again, we talk about all this in the Q and a on Saturday, but yeah, like I, I was kind of thinking like, I don't think they would go so far into the, the gory aspect of this as to show the wounds of all these bodies, but yeah, when you think about it, we didn't see any wounds, so that could point towards them being all just like frozen. I don't know, they yeah. could all have holes in their chests and we just didn't see them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I still think all those people are probably dead. Um. But yeah, it was messed. I definitely, I gasped as they uh, showed the tomb. I was like, okay, that's messed up. And then when they showed a youngling, I was like, that's really messed up. With the helmet but, and everything still on. I know, they didn't even take his little hat off. His little hat. <laughs> oh. But we'll see. Oof. I mean, if we do get a moment where they all get released and they're all there in live action, I will lose my mind. I mean, yeah, I, I do think <laughs> it would be cool. We didn't we talk about this recently? I feel like we were talking about the cabin in the woods effect of like, let's. I mean, we were talking everyone. about it earlier. Yeah, but I mean, about something else, another Star Wars thing or. Oh, yeah, maybe. But, but the idea that it could have been an MCU show or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that would be really fun <laughs> if we unleashed all of those Jedi back into the galaxy. Yeah. 
Uh, Ken Plume, thank you for another super chat. Which Jedi Council members could be amber blocked? Well, Coleman Cadge is one. <laughs> um, as far as we know, Oppo Rancisis is still at large. <laughs> He's too creative and uh, and shifty to be caught. So we got we got Oppo, we got Coleman. Uh, Mace is dead. Yoda's alive. Obi Wan's gone. Uh, or I mean, present and accounted for. Uh, Eth Koth dead. Kiati Mundi dead. Stas Ali dead. Uh, Kit Fisto dead. Oh, what's his? Sacy Teen dead. There's like two more. I'm trying to think of the people who were there for Revenge of the Sith. Mm. Oh, uh, Shakti is dead. Or will die for like a sixth time. Luminara. Oh, and Anakin. Anakin would have been the, the last one. That would have been yeah. number 12. Right? I will be honest. I wasn't listening. I was texting Zach <laughs> something about this. I, he asked. I he asked something about uh, what days the stuff was the, that he's editing. We're on. Oh, okay. He's editing our celebration footage right now. He's doing uh, actual oh, work. Oh my god, Plo Koon. Oh my god. <laughs> Plo Koon is super dead. Sorry. How everyone. could you forget Plo Koon? Because he's super dead. He blew up. He's super important. Oh yeah, I will yeah, never be okay with how he died. It's so dumb. I'll never be okay with it. That's okay. You don't have to be. You're not supposed I, to be. I know. That's, I mean, all of Order 66 sucks. <laughs> not a fan. And Order 66? Not a fan. I'm it's, against it. Yeah. It, it sucks because it made I'm me sad. I'm against crime, and I don't care who knows it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's the next super chat? <laughs> Superpower Geek. Thank you for the super chat. So what are the chances Mace Windu is in the basement? Low. <laughs> it's low. Dude's dead. It's very low. Uh, Mace Windu is in the basement. I I don't think so. I think if he got, if Mace Windu got captured, Palpatine would want him brought straight to him. He wouldn't be kept in any kind of stasis. Because, like, Palpatine has a very specific grudge against Mace. And as Vader, too. Like, he would have gone right to the front of the line. He has a lightning pass. A lightning... <laughs> Mace Windu has a lightning lane pass to Palpatine. Did, did oh, because of Force Lightning. <laughs> <laughs> See? Corporate synergy. That's a very good pun. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I agree. That that feels like Mace Windu is the one that Palpatine would be extra petty about. Be like, oh, yeah. bring him to me. Don't put him in your little amber basement or whatever. Mm -mm. But I also think Mace is dead. He's dead and gone. Let's leave him that way. Yeah. Ooh, Bakey, <laughs> I like this one. Uh, thank you for the question. Will we ever see the Jedi's last stand at that mountain fortress in any media? Uh, so that was mentioned in Aftermath Life Debt, I think. One of the Aftermath books. 
which mountain fortress. Yeah, they. I mean, they're setting up Mount Tantis. Hmm. Uh, I think that they left enough room for interpretation that that doesn't have to be a literal last stand of the Jedi where like, you know, they're all dead. Um, because some of that history was like an Imperial propaganda, if I'm remembering it correctly. So I, I still want to see it happen. And I think it would be cool. But now, now I'm like, Oh, with Mount Tantus around, but I can't remember what the, the actual name of the mountain was in the book. Um, but I, I don't know. It's one of those things that I'm like, either that's a lie and it's Imperial propaganda to say like, Oh no, we, we got all the Jedi. They're all gone. I promise. Uh, or it really happened and it, it would be a cool story. Yeah. I th I thought that it would be cool to do like a comic mini series about that, which would show if you did five issues, you'd, you'd take like four Jedi and you would tell their story as they get to the mountain. And then the fifth Ooh. issue would be just tragedy where they, they all make their last stand. Uh. But that's just my idea. I that, that was something I threw out like back when Life Debt came out. Mm -hmm. uh, Thon Kabuka, thank you for another super chat. Frozen Jedi like Luminara and Rebels. Yep, I th I do think they were probably trying to hearken back to that. Mm -hmm. But she wasn't frozen, really, though, was she? Or she was in like a. I'll see if I can find a picture of it. It was like a casket, I, or a, I saw a I saw someone tweet a picture of what it looked like. It did look it did look kind of like a little coffin with a window in it. So we could see who it was. I, I maybe... wouldn't say looking at it, I'm like, it doesn't super look like Amber. It doesn't look like the same thing, but she does look mummified and like they've held on to her for almost 20 years. So who knows? Ugh. Uh, Batman is my dad. Thank you for the next two super chats. Were those purge troopers and the empire needs to invest in stronger windows for their evil guy fortresses. Correct. Very true. They just, uh, they never learn everything about the empire. They never learn their lesson. That's, that's why, <clears throat> excuse me. They, that's why they're bad at keeping up with the times and, and staying around. Yeah. I mean, well, they're very prideful and, so I think that, you know, Cal breaks in that one time and they're like, okay, we'll, we'll make security a little tighter. And then we won't have to worry about the windows because no one's ever getting in here again. <laughs> and right. then someone gets back in and they break the windows and they're like, damn it. We gotta <laughs> fix those windows. Speaking of pride, happy pride, everyone. Happy pride. I, I brought my pride uh, koozie up here. Our pride dad's garage koozie. Just just to for anyone to Atlanta, in Atlanta go check out dad's garage audio audio listeners I have a, a rainbow koozie for my beer tis the month of rainbows <laughs> um were those purge troopers yes they were they mm -hmm. definitely had a new look I wish we saw some with like electro batons or stabs or whatever anything um 
Were they, were, was one of them in that opening shot with all the characters with the light going across their face? Was one of those a purge trooper? Oh, I'd have to, I'd have it, to look again. One of them was a trooper. I assumed it was a purge trooper because it looked different. Uh, I think Peter Scarrera may have tweeted it asking what it was. Oh no, he was asking what that gonk droid was, which is he he, he tweeted the the purge trooper thing as well. Oh okay, which is wild that the gonk trooper clock in. I can't in, believe clock they they included that. Maybe someone in animation just really loves gonk droids. Um, looking back through it right now, and I do not see a purge trooper. I see Ned. I see that gonk droid, three PO, Kylo Ren. Rebel Helmet, R2, Boba Fett, Lola, Vader, and that's it. Oh, okay. Which I, I think this is the first time that they've like updated that on the fly. Yeah, that and, was And why unexpected. did they choose that gonk droid? I'm not complaining, but that seems like <laughs> a weird choice. <laughs> Justice for gonk droids everywhere. You we know got... I love gonk droids, but why that one specifically? That's so funny. Maybe, maybe it's a spy. Maybe it's working with the rebellion. That that gunk droid is more important than we know. <laughs> but yeah, the the new purge trooper design. I kind of hope we see them in uh, Survivor. I think that would be cool to show them continuing to evolve. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Chatterton. Thank you for your super chat. In nearly every chapter, someone has told Leia no one is coming to rescue her. It makes her plea to Obi-Wan and her subsequent rescue in A New Hope more poignant. Mm. It also really helps make her that like symbol of hope that she becomes. Because it is, yeah, everyone keeps saying, no one's coming for you. And someone always does. And so it, it does kind of give her this sense that like, no, someone's coming and she's never going to lose that hope. Yeah, I, I, I love that so much. I, I love all of Leia's stuff when she's with the bad guys. All of her lines are just pure gold uh, and they they all kind of relate back to her scenes in the future. Like in this episode, She's like, I'm the princess of Alderaan. You know, she's telling them who her family is. And it sounded exactly like A New Hope where she's like, I'm a member of the Imperial Senate, you know, and it just, it, it explains so much about her confidence and her ability to just be like, yeah, 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 whatever. You guys are trash. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. Someone said that the helmet that was being referred to is in the second and third episodes. And I do think I see what. Helmet? Talking to. Yeah, okay. That might be a purge trooper. It is very straight. Oh, the, light, like... the one from the beginning? Yeah, so it, yeah. it was just not in today's episode. It was in last week's episode. So, oh, okay. Let me see. I'll pull it up. It it does kind of look like a purge trooper. It's hard to tell because you can only see like part of it at a time. But 
I think that might be the yeah. It, it's too straight down the sides to be a normal stormtrooper, mm-hmm. and it has that kind of first order look with with the grill. Yeah. So maybe. Uh, next up is Paxton Rutledge. Thank you, Paxton. I feel like in A New Hope when Leia is rescued and she screams, Ben Kenobi, where is he? Has far more weight now than ever before. Nice to hear from you, too. Nice to hear from you as well, Paxton. And yes, Thanks, I Paxton. agree. Yeah. Ben Kenobi, Leia got to know him as Ben. Mm-hmm. She knows he is Obi-Wan, but she got to know him as Ben. They yeah. they bonded while he was referring to himself as Ben. So yeah, I, I like that. I like everything they're doing with Obi-Wan and Leia. The people who say it somehow breaks canon because she calls him General Kenobi. And it's like, years ago you served my father. It's like, she can be a little diplomatic in this moment. It's fine. It doesn't break everything. Mm-hmm. Have a little flexibility, people. Some people think that that's Hunter. Oh, could it be? I don't know. Interesting. Mm, Maybe. I don't know. Well, hard to tell. (laughs) (laughs) I need to see him helmet off with the bandana. (laughs) That's Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. There he is. Uh, Star Wars fan 3131, thank you for the super chat. Who do you think is a better marksman, Crosshair or Deadshot? Uh, Who's Deadshot? Uh, he's Will Smith from the Suicide Squad. Oh, uh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know enough. About <laughs> I mean, I've seen the Suicide Squad, didn't care for it. Or no, I've seen Suicides. I've seen both of them. <laughs> the one with Will Smith is the one I did not care for. Yeah, that's um, the bad one, isn't it? Yeah, that's the one I watched on a plane and was angry the whole time. <laughs> uh, objectively, I think everyone thought that one was bad. Uh, so Crosshair? I don't know. Was I don't know anything about Deadshot, really, other than he is a good shot. Crosshair yeah. was at least genetically modified for it. I love Crosshair's little trick shot thing where he uses all those... It's basically a series of mirrors, but like... When he when he runs down that hallway in Clone Wars and he like puts all the metal pieces down it and he shoots one of them and then they all it all bounces off of the the previous yeah, yeah. one to get to hit the ultimate goal like that that was really cool. Crosshair, I agree. Eli is do or do not. Crosshair is the goat. <laughs> Mostly Tom. just because I don't know anything about Deadshot. So. Yeah. Uh, Thomas, I'm glad you liked Suicide Squad. It wasn't for me. But no no shame, no hate. That's no shame, no hate. That's our new tagline. <laughs> uh, Rameshwar Sharma, thank you for your super chat. Hi, new here. Uh, welcome. Got welcome. tired of toxicity at other channels. I enjoyed episode four, but I really hope episodes five and a six are amazing. Glad to be here. We're glad that you're here. Thanks for coming. I, I, I enjoyed four too. I don't think it's my favorite of the bunch. I think I think two is my favorite. 
so far. Two is um, really good. That's partially because you just miss what's his name. Haja. I, that's what Haja. I was going to say. <laughs> I, I loved the Haja character so much. So I, I think that'll probably be my uh, top for now. Maybe Haja will appear in episodes five or six, and then they have a chance to to take over my favorite. But I really like Haja. <laughs> Mr. Shu, are we in after dark territory yet? We're getting close. <laughs> We're yeah. We haven't had dinner yet. Yeah, and I've had one and a half beers and they were both nine percent. Oh, this one's strong 10%. beers. Oh boy. I wanted the last uh victory beer, so I took this one. That's fine. I just had I had the second to last one, so that's okay. We we only got a, a handful of more questions left. Uh, get your questions in. How many people are still watching? 600, 600. people? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? We. I'm sorry. Uh, we're, we're wasting at, we're everyone's answer, time. We're going to answer Alan Vaughn's question. Thank you, Alan. Just had to say thank you for being beacons of positivity and joy in the Star Wars community. Thank you. Folks like you guys and Utini bring out the best. Keep it up. We, we got to cool. hang out with Utini for the first time in person at star Wars celebration. And they're great. Uh, yes. we, we got to have them on. Uh, we're starting to plan out our Andor after shows mm -hmm. and who, uh, we can bring on. So thank I, goodness I, there's more episodes this. of that. Hmm? Thank goodness. There's more episodes of <laughs> yeah. that. So we can do more of these, assuming that they don't do them like on weekends where we're out of town, which classic star Wars. Well, they should be on Wednesdays. So, we can schedule around that. Yeah. Unless they throw a surprise Star Wars celebration, we should be okay. Don't you dare. <laughs> I'm already panicking for the next one. <laughs> uh, but but thank you so much. And then we we did run into a few people from Utini several times during celebration. That's yeah. cool. And they're great. And I love, I mean, as a book lover, Star Wars book lover, I, I love everything they do because that's like, they are so dedicated to that. Mm -hmm. If you've never checked out Utini, check them out, uh, especially if you love Star Wars books. Uh, and Mr. Shu, thank you for a super chat. Okay, it was a great episode and everything, but how did no one notice Leia <laughs> under Obi-Wan's jacket? I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> totally agree. And I'm on board with it. Here's why. Uh, and I said this in my review, but Leia being under his jacket is like such an obvious thing. And they make a point to show them walking right by the fifth brother as the fifth brother is walking the opposite direction, ranting about how this is all Reva's fault and she'll pay for this and she has to suffer. And I think that's the point is that if the fifth brother were actually a part of the team, and if they were all like, hey, gang, a quick conference call. Leia escaped and Obi-Wan is here. Can we all group together and make sure we catch them? If they all work together, the fifth brother probably would have caught Obi-Wan and Leia because that's ridiculous. But he was so focused on making sure Reva gets what is coming to her so then he can become Grand Inquisitor that he walks right by him like his focus determines his reality and his focus is not on being a team player 
he was too busy typing up those TPS reports. Yep. <laughs> which are canon. I forget. Yeah. But I forget which show brought them in. Probably the Mandalorian. Yeah, they're they're there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's exactly his character. He was too focused on... He's been focused on Reva the entire time. Reva and, and Vader and like how much attention he gets from Vader and how much attention Reva is taking away from everyone else by being reckless. Yeah. Yep. They they walked right by him. And I, I said it in the reaction video on Patreon. I was like, idiots. Because <laughs> that's what they are. I mean, that's one of those things that I, I don't remember how I reacted to it, but at least mentally I was like, oh my God, like this is goofy. It is silly, but it's, it is it's also Han, Star Wars. It's Han running the opposite way down that hallway with all yeah. the stormtroopers goofy. Yeah, yes. that's the same thing. It, it's, this Star Wars, I, I've said it before, Star Wars makes me feel smart because it's symbolism and its metaphors are like right there. It's, it's right there. It's so simple. <laughs> I mean, so, I don't want to say it's so simple, but like when you really look at it, study it, dissect it like we do, then you can, it's, it starts to become very obvious and easy to pick out. Yes. And I mean, I, I would credit that to like four center podcasts and listening to them. Like, I, I don't want to pretend that I've, I've yeah. always been picking up on star Wars themes and stuff, but once you start to recognize what the themes of star Wars are, mm -hmm. you see them constantly and you start to see star Wars for what it is, which is what George Lucas wanted it to be. And it, it's at its heart, a story of selfishness versus selflessness. And so you can boil down so many scenes in star Wars to just those themes. And that's what this is. The fifth brother was being selfish and he had his own ambitions and he missed the obvious thing right in front of him. And yeah. so I really liked that. <laughs> I, we, we may have talked about this before, but I love watching documentaries and like true crime stuff. Alex doesn't love the like serial killer stuff as much that I, that I watch, but I watch all that stuff and I love watching stuff about, true crime because I'm like everything comes down to childhood trauma and I love seeing where people's stories like originated from so then I can't help but think about all that with every Star Wars character I'm just like I wonder what their childhood was like <laughs> and I, I just want to know it and so it's it's easy for me to take a Star Wars character and be like okay this is what probably happened to them as a child. And this is what, why that they're the person that they are now. Oh yeah. I mean, and so much about star Wars is that and, and how, uh, what happens to you as a kid shapes you. I mean, that's Anakin's story. That's why we got to 19. see. That's why we got to see Anakin and Boba Fett <laughs> and so many other characters. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as kids. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Andy in the chat said, quote, I love childhood trauma. Yeah, I said it. 
I love it because it it helps you shape the, your future. It helps you figure out the rest of your life because you, if you can understand what kind of trauma you had as a kid, you can get past anything as an adult. It's interesting because, I mean, I remember in, I don't know, the late 2000s when we were fairly early in our uh, our dating time. Like, I remember listening to that Patton Oswalt skit about you get to see him as a little kid yeah and and Patton Oswalt gets all upset about the prequels and how they weren't what he wanted uh them to be Mm -hmm. but like that that's what the story is and that's what George Lucas wanted to say uh is to show how uh, our pasts can shape us if we let our past control us yeah Uh, and I I understand which is what happened to Reva sorry go ahead yeah, no, I was. Just, I understand people who uh, didn't want the prequels to be that way, but like, I don't know. It's not your story. It's George Lucas's story. So suck it up. And I love Patton Oswalt. <laughs> I think he's yeah. very funny. Uh, well, but, but suck when it up, did Patton. that? When did that album come out? Because that was like early two thousands, right? That was back when. That that was before the prequel love had kind of started. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think the prequel love really, really got prevalent until twenty thirteen, fourteen. It was as we were building up to the sequels, and just Star Wars was uh, more important again because we thought we weren't going to get movies anymore. And so once it was like, no, this is going to be a major pop culture thing. Uh, people started to come out of the woodwork and be like, hey, listen, you're all wrong about the prequels. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that, that stand-up bit was definitely before that. So, yeah, anyway. Next. <laughs> <laughs> before we get too, too soapboxy here. <laughs> too late. James Clancy, thank you for your next super, ch- oh my God, next two super chats. Chooper sats. Oh, chooper chats. <laughs> <laughs> I just think they have to use Hayden in the flesh for a speaking role. Uh, I agree. He was in too much promotion to just be Vader sometimes and Anakin for two seconds. I hope we see him anyway. It's been so long. Uh, <laughs> and second, we don't know the fate of Yaddle and Poof yet. That's true. I don't. I don't know that I've ever seen anyone call Yarl Poof by his poof? just his last name. Where is Poof? Release the Poof. <laughs> um, I I agree. I think we're going to see more of Hayden. The, we the have yeah to. the way yeah the way they've been talking about him the way he's been talking about the show it's like you did more than just wear a suit and stomp around. We, I mean, we kind of saw him from a from a distance, and yeah, two episodes ago when, and, and when Obi Wan was, was having a, that vision. Yeah, a tease for something more. I hope. Yeah, and I I loved that tease. Like they showed him from super far away, but you could tell from the angle of his face, like that was almost the exact same angle that we see him in episode three when he kind of looks over and we see him with those, the Sith eyes for the first time. Yeah. I, I loved that shot because they stayed far enough away 
to where we understood Obi-Wan when he was like, what, what, what did I, what did I just see? Was that, I, nah, whatever. Moving on. <laughs> like yeah. it, it was perfect. Yeah. But, but I want, you know, Hayden to actually deliver a line. <laughs> sure. Yeah, me too. Which he may have done. He may have been on set in the suit speaking as Vader. And then of course, James Earl Jones or the re-speecher or whatever is happening there uh, could have overdubbed it, but mix. You know, I think it's a mixture of all of all of it. Yeah. But, but I want to see Hayden and his face and his voice. Mm -hmm. And I think we will. Uh, as for the fate of Yaddle and Yarl Poof. Um, <sighs> so let's see. We don't know their fates. I'm I'm gonna say I'm scared for Yaddle, and not for Post Order sixty six. She was in the Tales of the Jedi uh, trailer, mm -hmm. and she was again in the very Dooku. very brief. Yeah, very brief. Uh, she was in the Dooku section of the trailer. I don't know. I'm afraid for her. That's yeah. all. I uh, I don't want her to have like such a tragic ending, but I don't know. I just hope we get more Yaddle content in the future. I think she's done a lot of good. More, way more good than Yoda ever could have imagined to do. Um, yeah, I think that the so Ostertaco says they thought Yaddle died sometime between episodes one and two because he was on the council and then gone. Uh, that's what happened in Legends. I think that is likely maybe still what happened in canon. We'll have to see. We'll, we'll see what Dooku's story is. Um, but yeah. I, I think that is likely. I just love that Yaddle speaks normally in the High Republic books. She's she's just there teaching younglings doing doing the good all the good she speaks, deeds she speaks normally in the lego star wars game too yes <laughs> so more than one source uh mm -hmm. and, and lynn koyo thank you for another super chat poor yarl died before the clone wars uh, i think that's also likely i think it's funny that yarl's story it's kind of like Jodo cast and that like they were they were a character that was just at the mercy of behind the scenes stuff and mm -hmm. uh, when George was creating the Kaminoans, he was like, they look too much like Yarl Poof. Get rid of him. That's it. That's why he's not on the council. <laughs> it's because he yeah. looked too much like the Kaminoans, which is another joke referenced in the Lego Star Wars game. Mm -hmm. uh, a Kaminoan tries to pose as Yarl Poof in the Jedi Council. But yeah, we, we don't know their fates as of yet. Uh, Astromech Jeremy, thank you for the next super chat. Seeing Terra Sanube, does it make you think he could have been caught and killed helping save Grogu? <laughs> That's I mean, not where my head went, but... No. no me neither. I think, I think all of those Jedi were probably taken during order 66 or or around that same time i don't think they were all 
clamoring to save Grogu, even though they should have been, in my opinion. <laughs> that that's that's Molly's headcanon. His <laughs> Order sixty six went down, and everyone in the Jedi Temple was like pushing their way to get to Grogu's little like cradle and, and get way. him to safety. <laughs> He's yeah. Forget about all the other younglings. We gotta save Grogu. You see what happened to who we thought was the chosen one. Come on, people, open your eyes. This is the real chosen one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He's gonna help <laughs> reunite Mandalore and the Jedi. We gotta, we gotta save him. <laughs> uh, but no. no, I don't. I don't think any of those Jedi in that room uh, were particularly worried about Grogu. Honestly, I. My current theory is nobody saved Grogu. I mm -hmm. think he got taken by clone troopers uh, to Mount Tantus, and then someone yep. saved him. Maybe the Bad Batch. Because, like, if anyone that they found that was that young, still technically a baby, you know, like they're just going to take them and run experiments on them. He was what twenty at that point. <laughs> still a baby, though. Yeah, I know. I agree. I agree. A bebe, if you bebe. will. Bebe Yoda. Uh, Patrick Pauly, thank you for the next <laughs> two super chats. Uh, you think all the complaints of this show would fall silent if it was animated. Some parts feel like a Clone Wars or Rebels episode. I thought of Stealth Strike with Kanan and Rex. Also, horrible thought, taxidermy Jedi. Sorry. <laughs> I think that there would be, yes, fewer complaints about this show if we're animated simply mm -hmm. because not as many people would be watching it, which yeah. is and a shame. People just, people just automatically assume if it's animated, it's geared towards a younger audience, which sometimes is the case. But even when it is geared towards a younger audience, there are still very, like, grown-up adult themes going on in all of these stories that everyone can probably relate to of all ages. Uh, and specifically, adults can relate to a lot of these stories geared at younger kids and make them think about things differently just because they're geared at a younger age. Yeah, I mean, the Clone Wars, Rebels, uh, Resistance, the Bad Batch are all kid friendly but they're still adult accessible and right. I, I mean like the lessons are all good for kids but then they're also good to remind adults too yeah i mean part of the fun of watching and enjoying star wars content is remembering what it's like to be a kid again star wars reminds adults that like hey you remember when you used to just like play with your action figures and make them shoot at each other and fight and stuff. Uh, and you would like save the princess or whatever when you're having your playtime as a kid. Like that's just what Star Wars is about. This time my mind wandered. So now we're even. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? I was saying some really poignant stuff and... No, Star Wars just reminds people how to stay creative and stay childlike in, in all the good ways. Yes, I do agree. 
Okay. And then moving on. <laughs> Got a couple more. Thank you for the next super chat. Fortress Inquisitorius needs a sign that says it, it has been zero days since the last Jedi escape. Seeing how they let them get out like they sneaking a kid into a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whether it's a break-in or a rescue or whatever, it's just constant. Fortress Inquisitorius needs to up their game. And yeah. I, I, uh, Templin Institute put a fun image out today <laughs> of like... I think I saw that. <laughs> I don't know what it, it was re referencing. Uh, it was referencing uh, Tala's simple just like, hey, the Grand Inquisitor is expecting me and I'm going to tell him that you were holding me up if you don't let me through right now. And he was basically like, this can't keep working. And I <laughs> thought that was very funny. I think that's Attention. the whole message though of the empire is that no yeah. one, no one speaks to each other. So no one knows like what, what is actually going on. All she had to do is mention her connection with the grand inquisitor. <laughs> and he probably didn't realize that he is out of commission right now. And he was just like, Oh, I don't want him on my back. Right. But I, 90% of rebel infiltrations use these four phrases. Lord Vader or the Grand Inquisitor is expecting me. Do you want to explain to Lord Vader or the Grand Inquisitor why I'm late? I'm your superior officer. I'm here with classified intelligence. Do you know what classified means? <laughs> and yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it's funny. It's also the point. Like, again, Star Wars is... I think Star Wars these days leans toward more uh, i don't even want to say adults content but like it, it's it leans more towards the pg-13 than younger but it's still mm -hmm. kid accessible and like all of these things are the point i don't know sometimes people get upset that the same things keep happening and i'm like yeah but that's that's how the empire is that's why they keep working there's a reason they keep doing these things is because the empire is so set in their ways. Maybe this is because I've almost finished my second beer. I could get be getting into like territory of nonsense. But what if it's like, <laughs> what if it's like, uh, these themes and ideas in in Star Wars is like reminding adults childlike things that they should remember but they forget over time because of adult reasons like you just forget to be creative you forget to think outside the box you forget to think about other other people's feelings and like you're too wrapped up in your title and your rank to care about anything else yeah. and you're just trying to climb that corporate ladder get to the top Star Wars is like snap out of it Look at look at what the empire really is. Yes, I, I think all that's correct. I mean, uh, I remember when I was taking improv lessons and one of my teachers was like, you know, imp all improv is is learning how to be a kid again and learning how to use your imagination and learning to to play and, and be a good scene partner, a good friend, a good listener. 
Uh, it's all these things that kind of get beaten out of you as an adult. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. It's the same reason you see uh, babies using the force in the Clone Wars or Star Wars Rebels. Is like, that, Yeah, like know, it's super easy. Yeah. When you're young, using your imagination is like, boom, easy, simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's still important for adults to to hear the lessons that Star Wars has been teaching us since we were eight. Uh, because we need the reminder. Because being an adult is hard. <laughs> yeah. The more responsibility that gets poured on your shoulders, the harder it becomes to remember how how to think creatively and not get too bogged down in all the serious stuff. Yeah. And you can forget, you know, the people around you. You can become selfish and worried about, you know, just your, your own well-being and just your family uh, instead of your whole community. Yeah. <laughs> Star Orange says we're back to trauma explained. Oops. Oh, boy. You know what? If it if you leave this chat up to or this this stream up to me i will always bring it back to some kind of trauma so (laughs) (laughs) maybe i should make my own separate channel about like childhood trauma and how it relates to uh sci-fi fantasy stories (laughs) that could get that could get dicey i don't know Trauma I am not a I am not a psychiatrist or a <laughs> counselor, so that is probably a bad idea. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> uh, Patrick Dubay, thank you for the next super chat. Thanks for a fun evening, guys. Heart, thank you, Patrick. Yay. Thanks uh, for Justin sticking Carter. around for so long. Yeah, thank you, uh, Justin Carter. Thank you for your comment and super chat. Liking the show so far, but can we please be done with escort missions? Uh, escort mission shows one season with Omega and Leia, and two with Grogu is enough already. Mm. I don't know. Uh, Leia's definitely feels like an escort mission, like going from we we got to get from one side of Dayu to the other, and we got to get you home and everything. And you know, yeah, Grogu does that too, where we're trying to get you back to your kind. Omega, I don't know that I see as an escort mission. It definitely is, you know, uh, taking care of a youngling that needs it. But I don't know that that's again, that's a very Star Warsy tale of the found family and having to yeah. take on this responsibility that you weren't expecting. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to always think of it think of all these things as escort missions because that really boils it down to the very basic explanation of what's happening. You got to think about it, think about it more of how, how is this moving these characters stories forward? What is it doing for this character moving forward? Mm -hmm. And I still think that they're different. Like, on the surface, yeah, it, it's an adult watching over a kid or four adults watching over uh, their, their little clone sister. But <laughs> the the situations they have found themselves in have been different enough that it, it hasn't felt samey to me. 
Yeah, I mean, look look at how many lessons these kids are teaching the adults. It's it's more so that than anything else for Star Wars. The kids are the ones teaching the adults the important lessons. <laughs> I guess I don't see Omega as an escort mission just because I don't know where they're escorting her to. Like, at least... Well, she's part of the group now, so no, that's yeah. not an escort mission. Right. Like, Leia, it's like... We're escorting her back to Alderaan. Grogu, at least for us two seasons, let's say, was I have to get him back to his kind. And yeah. now it's just like Grogu's back. And Grogu is with his family. Yeah. Now it's just Grogu's my son. So they're not escorting him anywhere. And Omega, it's definitely a protection mission, I guess. But I don't know escorting to me <laughs> in a video game it's like we have to get from point a to point b and you're really going to mess things up along the way uh four center was talking about that for the dayu episode where leia is like i want this mm -hmm. cape i want these gloves i want <laughs> this food and obi-wan's like can you please just pay attention to me but that's um, all that's all teaching obi-wan what it's like to travel with a child yeah. And that is a lesson that he needs to learn. He's got to be quick on his feet. He's got to be able to be like, all right, fine. Get the gloves. I, I don't have time to argue about <laughs> the gloves and the cape. We just got to go. <laughs> Anyways. Got a couple more left. We can do this. We can do, we can do this to where we don't eat dinner at midnight. Let's do it. We'll see. Uh, Vex431, thank you for the next super chat. Lola can't catch a break. Someone needs to equip her with an improved stealth and agility processor. Oh, poor Lola. I'm terrified of Lola now. They've already established she has a tiny the, saw, and now she's been hacked. Oh, okay. The, the last note that I put as my notes for this episode was evil Lola droid tiny saw? Question mark? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> She, she's got that tiny saw. She could do anything. We don't. We have no idea what else she has under there, under that hood. I love that it showed the tiny saw, and then uh, Flea's character, I think his name is Vect, like grabs Lola and smashes it, and like it pops open, and I'm like, "Where's the saw? Where did it go? Where does it fit in that little tiny thing? There's no I mean, room for it." You you've seen a Swiss Army knife, right? Yeah, that's basically what Lola is. I'm just and saying, every I didn't other see droid. The there. Yeah. <laughs> Do you I look at a Swiss Army knife and you're a Swiss Army knife and you're like, this has nail clippers in it? How? <laughs> Where did How? they go? You fold them back in, and then now it's a can opener. Magic. <laughs> I don't understand. Tiny scissors. What? How do they fit? I don't understand. Okay, fine. <laughs> She's a Swiss Army knife. All right. She's even the right colors for it, too. That's true. Uh, Tom Davis, thank you for the next Super Chat. The show is definitely playing out like the movie it was supposed to be. Parts three and four definitely feel like a middle act. Excited for the conclusion. Yeah, and I would even argue that, like, I, I was still under the impression that, of my own headcanon, that the assault on the Fortress Inquisitorius would be the last episode. That just made sense to me. I'm thrilled I was wrong. Because now I'm like, 
Yeah. No clue. Now, where we're yeah. Going now you don't know what's to. happening. Mm -hmm. I'm very happy about that. Uh, Laser Swords, hey, what's up? Thank you for the super chat. Great seeing both of y'all at Celebration. It was great to see you too. It would be nice if the show could have ended with a flash forward to Leia with young Ben Solo cementing how this experience led to her naming him after Obi-Wan. Wow. That would be yeah, hard I mean, to do because they'd have what? to cast someone as Leia. They'd have to yeah. cast or, or do the anti-aging? Anti no, the de-aging. <laughs> the de-aging thing. Uh, and then they'd have to, I guess, cast a young Ben Solo. Yeah. Which I mean, that wouldn't be as hard. It would be nice if the show could have ended that way. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it will, obviously. And I don't think you think that either. But the the show writers have said that that was the kind of their intent to show why Leia perks up at the name Ben Kenobi in A New Hope, why she might have named her son Ben. Uh, so yeah, I, I do think all that was on purpose. Mm -hmm. James McBride hey thank you for the next super chat how are you <laughs> uh, I just wanted to say I love the prequels especially episodes 2 and 3 well you're biased uh -huh. you know. James would McBride those, is biased would, would those be the prequels that uh, James has been in that James McBride stars in yes I think so <laughs> Star stars yes <laughs> prequel star James McBride is in the chat uh, check out Dexter's Diner and the Opera House, and you can see James McBride walking around or sitting around in Dex's Diner. But uh, I, I will say to to pull it back into Obi-Wan Kenobi, <laughs> I'm still really happy with how this series has connected with the prequels, especially with that fantastic montage at the start of episode one, the previously on Star Wars thing. Mm -hmm. uh, oh so man good. it was every time i go back to the first episode to look for something in that opening montage for order 66 i scroll back to that whole thing and it's it's so long but it's it was so needed mm -hmm. it, it, yeah it's like five or six minutes long but it, every time i watch it i'm like it's, yeah i'm gonna watch this again if they played that before every episode of this show, people, <laughs> I bet people would still watch it. I think so. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say that Matt, Maddie said, Star Wars has given me an unrealistic view of prison breaks. Yeah. <laughs> prison I think every movie easy. does that. Yeah. Every movie does that. If you, Yeah. <laughs> prison breaks, no problem. Just dress up like a guard. Walk right through. S say the Grand sure. Inquisitor is expecting me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Patrick Dubay, thank you for another super chat. <laughs> Hashtag Grogu is my space Jesus heart. Oh. <clears throat> and Joel Davis with the next one. Thank you. What do you make of the criticism that the show looks cheap and on a budget? Uh, sometimes mm -hmm. I agree. Not so much in this episode. Um, the Mapuzo stuff. I was like, this looks like California. Mm -hmm. I think I think they filmed it at Joshua Tree. And yeah, I was just like, the, yep. <laughs> that's is that the town that Vader came through? Yeah. I mean that whole planet that just looked like California. Right. 
It it looked like a desert planet with like a little extra plant life. Yeah, <laughs> a little extra pizzazz. Yeah, I mean, so far in this show, the only things that have made me question the quality of the visual effects have been, yeah, um, Mapuzo, because specifically at night, when we get that kind of quick moment with Obi-Wan and Vader, the surrounding areas just look very much like the volume. Like, it's almost like I can tell it's a screen. Mm -hmm. We talked about this. It could be the way that Vader is lit because he's he's lit very differently in those scenes on purpose to make him look brighter, more vivid, more menacing. So I get why they did that, but it kind of takes me out of the scene because it he's lit in a way that it wouldn't be natural in a dark, like nighttime outdoor setting like that. So that that's just like really nitpicky me being like, well, he wouldn't be lit like that if the, you know, they were outside. It doesn't matter. Vader looks horrifying and, <laughs> yeah. and cool. And that's all that matters. So I can get past that. The other thing was, I, I mentioned it earlier that, the snow speeders or the, the air speeders in today's episode, they, when they showed up at Fortress Inquisitorius, I was like, Ooh, that looks unfinished. And honestly, you said something like it didn't even cross my mind. Like really? I didn't care. Yeah, no, not at all. Someone... I don't know. They showed up and I was just like, yay, the rebels are coming <laughs> to save the day. Someone on Twitter yeah. mentioned that they looked very similar to how they looked in empire when they show up and maybe that was intentional like they it looks like the same kind of visual effects which i was like eh, i don't know if that would have been the case if that was intentionally done like that but could be i don't know i when, just think when, when they specifically fly into the hangar it's like they're um, they're going way too fast they look a little bit weird i don't know well, it, see, it was so when you quick. pointed it out and I went back and watched it. Then I was like, yeah, I can see it. So you ruined it for me. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. But <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I do get what you're saying. It's just in the moment when it was happening. I don't know. I was I was into the story. Uh, just unfortunately, knowing the trailers too well, uh, that's the the curse of like doing trailer breakdowns and stuff. I was like, I know Reva's about to stomp out here with purge troopers and then she's going to fall under attack. So the rebels are probably coming, mm -hmm. but I like, I was still into the story. My heart was pounding. And so when it happened, I guess I just wasn't paying attention to the effects. And I also wanted to bring up uh, that Andy said, you know, it didn't look like any California that he's ever seen. Andy is from Australia. And I made the point when I was doing my Andor trailer breakdown how exotic and cool the outdoor scenes of Andor looked. And, but it dawned on me, it's just like a grassy hillside. So someone from Europe or the UK is probably like, what are you talking about? Like, that looks like my backyard. And I, I imagine that people who don't see California that often are probably like, that's exotic to them. So 
th- there is that that just because it looks familiar to me doesn't mean it looks familiar to everyone when it when it comes to that mapuzo scenery yeah there's still something about the lightsabers though and i think it's i think they're trying to do them all in camera mm-hmm. which is cool because it gives off the light Thanks, and stuff. Chase. <laughs> hey what's up chase cheers <laughs> like I, I think it's cool that the lightsabers are giving off their own light but it it kind of does look like you're just fighting with an ultra sabers in camera yeah. so there was something about the duel where i was like obviously i'm into obi-wan and vader fighting again but it looked kind of fan fan filmy and could that be because you yourself have created a fan film in which you had to use a prop and then go in and and edit it into looking like a lightsaber because that's this is another case where you just said you didn't notice the the airspeeder is looking mm-hmm. bad. I didn't notice and anything didn't about notice the lightsabers. That. Maybe. I mean, well, like uh, the, the the fan film I made was from 2006, five, I, six, 2006. That was 16 years ago. And I rotoscoped every frame of that. And that was torture. <laughs> uh, what I'm saying is I don't think they are rotoscoping this. And I think it looks a little different. And that's all. And they're probably just trying to find a new ways technologically to make a lightsaber fight, which is fine. I mean, that's, you know, Star Wars has always been trying to mess with technology and figure out new ways to, to make films. So it's okay. It's, it's, I'm like being very nitpicky, but something about the lightsabers in this show, I'm like, they just seem a little different. And that's all. And I'm noticing it. I feel like they're almost different every time we see them pop up in a new show like this. It feels kind of different every time. Uh Uh-huh. But that could be that could be intentional. Like they could be wanting to make Vader's lightsaber seem a certain way, Obi-Wan's lightsaber. Because Obi-Wan is still just using it out of necessity and not out of being a proud Jedi it could look and sound a certain way. I don't know. Yeah. And, and it could just be what Deborah Chow wanted. Like, I, again, yeah. I'm being nitpicky. I am saying it, it, like it took me out of it a little bit where I was just like, the lightsabers look different, but that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that it ruined my experience, mm-hmm. but we, we've reached the end after three hours and 10 minutes Justin Carter has the last super chat here. Thank you, Justin. Uh, it says, just a thought, but a Cal Kestis and Starkiller, not Galen, team-up show is something I need in my life. Well, who would it be if it's not Galen? Like a different Starkiller? Yeah, I don't I don't know how to think about this one because I don't I don't know the character of Starkiller that well. I mean, I if it were Cal. Starkiller, I would want it to be Galen. Yeah. And I'd want Sam to play him. <laughs> Although, like, it would be a very different character at this point, because if Sam played him in live action at this point in the timeline, then he would not be the age he should be, basically. But 
again. Are you saying Sam Whitwer looks old? S- Sam Whitwer is timeless. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know what what kind of sandwich where you're looking at, but the one I see, the one I saw at Celebration, looks the same as the one I've seen like ten years ago. I don't know what I kind didn't of see him magic. At Celebration. You you kept saying you he, he's no, right no, over no. there on, on screen. On screen. Oh, on on screen. Like on the the he was on the live stage. He did the Kenobi. Oh yeah, thing. yeah. That's right. That's he's, right. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm done. Obviously, Sam is the most beautiful human being ever. After Molly, thank uh, you, oh, thank you. <laughs> caught myself. That was close. <laughs> okay, we did it. Is it is it time to go make dinner? <laughs> Let's go eat some food. <laughs> we should uh, eat. That was that was a super fun stream. That was fun. Um, I will say we're we're not doing a Lego stream tomorrow because we are going to be driving down uh, to GCX, and I guess we'll be on the GCX live stream on Sunday. So if you want to check that out, we'll be doing that. Um, but yeah, we're we're gonna wrap it up for today. Thank you for watching. Views from the high ground. We will be yeah. back next Wednesday to talk about part five. Uh, but until then, everyone have a great rest of your evening and may the force be with you bye everyone